Set the stage. Set the stage. There's Ice a, the cake. There's a bakery. Now, are you mentioning this cake thing because it's my birthday tomorrow and you wanted to subtly get into that? Mm-hmm. Did you bring me a cake? I did not bring you a cake. I'm sorry. Fuck you. <laughs> Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. This is episode 340, according to my friend David. Is that correct? I Confirmation on that? Yes. Now, do you have confirmation bias on that? I do not. Are you biased towards it being 340? Only in the sense that it is 340. Am I biased towards Oh, you're biased towards facts? Yes. Hmm, no, that's too bad. I'm a little, I have a little, I lean towards facts. I lean heavily on facts. All right, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so David is uh, factual and I will be fictional. Ooh, for this episode to wow. balance things out. The imaginary Ian Boothby. So you're Ian Boothby from the Thor movie. Yes. Okay. I don't appear in Ragnarok. Thank <laughs> God. Boy, I was so... I was legitimately worried when I saw there was a character called Ian Boothby that was going to be in a movie that that character was really going to take off. <laughs> Why? Why? Because you... people would go like, hey, it's, you know, it's like if your mm. name was Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. That's a tough life for you, right? That's true. What were your parents thinking? Calling you Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if people still do that. They couldn't. They wouldn't. They shouldn't. Uh, yeah, I wonder. Because it's sort of the same with like names like Richard, you know, becoming like Dick. It just doesn't seem like a name that can fly anymore. Yeah, unless you're being named after a relative who you really want to get money from, and so you got to name it after <laughs> Grandpa, right, in the hope that <laughs> cha-ching comes down. I guess. Because you got to give, you know, Richard Dickens the third, you know, some, some money when for carrying on that name. <laughs> And bearing the burden. That's right. Yeah. You never thought of naming any of your daughters David, right? No, I didn't. Good, good call. No. I, even if I if, even if I had a boy, the, the idea of calling him David wasn't in the picture at all. It hadn't even entered my mind. Hadn't did even, you, wasn't did even you toss around boy names back in the day? We did toss around boy names. Alexander being, I think, the one that was most popular with us. Would you have uh, shortened it to Alex? Or would you yeah, call him Alexander? Alex would have been fine. Okay. Fine. Sandy, that's another good uh, diminutive of Oh, Sandy's not Alexander. bad, yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched, I've, oh, I'm now blanking on what the actual name is, but it's one of those names that... I really like the name David, though. David's a solid name. It's just that I wouldn't want to have like a David Jr. Mm-hmm. or a DJ in the house. I was watching... A DJ in the house. No, you, that's right, you wouldn't. <laughs> no. Kick it, old, kick it old school. <laughs> um, no, I was watching uh, Wrinkle in Time. Uh, oh, I'm yeah, sorry to hear that. Yeah, I know. Uh, but there's uh, a kid there, and I believe his name, and I might be getting it wrong, but Charles Foster. Charles but not Foster. Like his, not his last, I don't think his last name yeah. is Foster. Unless it is, and they're Charlie mm. Browning him and but just not, calling not him the... Kane. Nope. But, okay. like, uh, but uh, he's just called the, those two names the whole thing, and they're always like, even in moments of great danger, like, Charles Foster! And it's like, that's too, that's too long. Yeah, that's weird. Too long a thing, and now he's grabbed by the evil thing, because you, yeah, you, yeah. you know, it wasn't Chuck! You know, that's why you just want a fast <laughs> or name Charlie when you're whatever, in this yeah. other world. Yeah, and not to, you know, I mean, look, and not getting into movie reviews this early, because, uh, you know, we You're should, fine. we go, fine. we go beep, bop, go bloop, and then go, bleep, go. bloop, bloop. You, um, you can bleep, bloop, bloop, it into uh, movie reviews. Here's my problem. I watched it after watching Legion, and Legion was so visually stimulating and amazing yeah. that when I saw a Disney movie... Uh, I went like, you know what? You're a movie. You got to be better. Not better, but you got to at least be equal try. to a TV gotta show. Try. And it wasn't the equal to a TV show. And I'm thinking like, if I saw this as a Netflix show, I'm sure it would have been better. It, it could have been a good Pixar uh, mm. thing yeah. or, you know, animated. But as it was, it wasn't enough of one or enough of another. And it was just bland and you didn't care about the characters. And they also made the mistake of having bullies at the beginning that were just way too mean. Mm. Way too mean. Okay. Like... 
There's things bullies do. That's right. But a group of bullies will probably not go, yeah, your dad went missing, and you should go missing too, because we all hate you. Like, who who the fuck that does seems, that? That's a little over the top. That's, that's not really what bullies that's do. That's miles yeah, over the top. Yeah. Like, to the point you would have, like, another group go, whoa, <laughs> right. what's that about? Even within the group, they'd be like, hey, what is your... It reminds me of, like, when I saw the movie... The... There can be people like that. Oh, there like, can they, be. They, they, don't know how to, they don't know how to escalate in a, a joke. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like, you'd say to them, you know, like, you know, just make some little mild comment about, you know, like, uh, you know, oh, you're not, you're not the best person. You're not the best football player in the world. And they go back to you. Yeah, your wife is ugly. <laughs> like, what? Like, where did this? Yeah, the idea, Jeez. though, that, like, your dad's probably dead. And I wish you were, too. Yeah. That's a bit much for a group oh, to kind of get behind in a hallway and <laughs> have a good laugh over. That's, that's insane. Especially when you don't have a scene at the end where there's some kind of revenge or, or what have you. <clears throat> there's no payback. Do you know what it sounds like a, pro- a product of for the author? Homeschooling. <laughs> they just never actually ever went to school. They have no idea what school bullying actually involved. Yeah, you can take it down. Which like, could be, it should, which, you know, not to, to, you know, to minimize school bullying. But and it can be horrific. It can be horrific. And if, I had bad if you go, bullying. Yeah, if you go through it all the time, yeah. it just creates this horrible situation for yourself. But it's never like that terrible. Also, it's, it so, was, it's so awful that it you was can't a believe note, it. Here's the other thing. It was a note on her locker. So oh. there's a couple of things. One, it's hmm. like they all got together and wrote the note, had a good laugh over That's the right. note. No one went, uh. Okay, and then they put the note on the locker, and then every other kid in the school saw it and laughed. Well, that's the thing. It's like the whole school's like, yeah. you know what? That's well-deserved. I'm going to leave that one up there, <laughs> including teachers. Yeah. You know, they just like walked by and went, yeah, her, her dad did leave and she maybe die and she should be dead. It's good. It's good. And and move on. That seems odd. Yeah. Was it, can I just ask if the note was signed by the person that was CC Bully Gang? Well, I'm going to say the, gang. the handwriting was quite nice. Oh, is there it? There was some nice effort put into it. I bet it smelled good, too. It reminded me of when... <laughs> cursive? Actually, it wasn't cursive? No, it wasn't cursive. Just a neat, it, it's neat modern times. Printing. They don't know cursive now. No. Come on. Uh, then you'd know it was a teacher. <laughs> they think that, it's swearing. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. then it would be a teacher that did it. That's the clue. No, it reminded me of when I saw the movie The Butterfly Effect with uh, the uh, Johnny Punked Ashton, Ashton Kutcher. Okay. Oh, once again, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. But this was the one scene that I just went. I, I like. I think I actually threw up my hands in the, or maybe I just threw up in the theater and just went. Come on! Yeah. Um, again, I'm like. I realized there was bullying. I was really bullied. I get that. I get that. But come on. So he does a series of things that yeah. alter the past. Yes. And then you know things are progressively worse. Of course. And so like, and then he goes and he alters the past again, and you yeah. go back and of course, if you have seen the Simpsons episode, that's the premise. Mm. And you're there. So there's one where he does something, and then he's like in in a high school hallway, or maybe it's a college hallway. I don't know. Either yeah. one won't work. Uh, so he's busy hallway. Is there bullying in college? It doesn't seem. That's like... the thing. Yeah, it could be, but it's the... okay. So here's yeah. what happens. So he's in a hallway. Yeah, and he looks around, and then he and then he looks down, and he realizes he's got no legs. He's in a wheelchair, oh. and he starts freaking out about this. Like, oh my legs! I got no legs! And so he, he like, and then he falls out of the wheelchair. Yeah. falls face first out of the wheelchair. Yeah, everyone in the hallway in this high school yeah. and or college yeah. points at him and, and laughs. <laughs> This like is... that would ever happen. Like a person falls out of the wheelchair and everyone's ha, 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 loser with no legs. Try to get back in that chair, you idiot. Like what did he do to alter the reality to where it's not just missing legs, but no one has a conscience in the universe. Or, Everybody or laughed. Or he's done something so horrible in this in this timeline that 
This is oh, no sympathy for him. It was the fun. Yeah, it was the funniest thing to this hallway full of people that a guy with no legs <laughs> fell out of his wheelchair and was like wiggling around, all like, uh, "Oh, it's terrible." I was like, "Okay, butterfly effect." No. <laughs> oh, it's uh, my daughter's friend's favorite movie. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, he's a handsome man. I mean, that might be it. That might be what it's, what it's She about. also might find people that fall out of their wheelchairs funny. That might be, might be problems that she has. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I haven't gotten through all the Marx Brothers films we've done. There might be a scene where someone falls out of a wheelchair and is hilarious. So I might be prejudging this. Mm. And maybe it they're was... remembering that classic Marx Brothers, A yeah. Day at the Hospital. That was actually uh, a, de- a deleted scene from It's a Wonderful Life. Oh. Yeah. All right. Who falls out? Was Mr. It... Mr. Potter. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That, is, well, that would be actually pretty funny. <laughs> now it's a scurvy spider. Down the saving and loan steps. Yeah. Oh, geez. The spider's going down the water spout. Oh, here comes the rain. Wash that spider out. Yeah, I'm all for that. Uh, speaking of Marx Brothers, uh, you and I are doing a podcast. Surprise! Uh, together. <laughs> Called uh, Full Marks. You're you're on it today. I'm really enjoying this. I'm um, not going to do anything today. A Marks Brothers podcast. I'll tell you why I'm on it later. Okay. Uh, but uh, it's now on iTunes. It's on Stitcher. Uh, yeah. Uh, we have two positive reviews on the American version of, of uh, iTunes. So thank you so much for those. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, we had fun doing the first one. We've recorded the second one. That's going to be out next week, and we're going to be doing them every two weeks. Uh, and what is our what we've already done the coconuts, and we're about to do animal crackers. Animal crackers. Yeah, yeah. Where they all uh, were played by different animals. That's it was a bold, right. choice <laughs> bold choice that failed terribly. Mm, that was a bit of a bit of a problem. Yeah. Yes. Especially since there were animals that ate the other animals. <laughs> And when you saw that Groucho was eating Harpo, it just was a disturbing <laughs> scene. Yes. And then they had Buster Kitten come on, and he just did all oh, these pratfalls, and he was adorable. That's good. I was <laughs> racking my brains for, for animals that sounded like Groucho. Wouldn't you love to see Buster Kitten? Yeah, that would be great. Oh, my God. It's really like... I would watch that. A kitten that doesn't smile. Never smiles. Oh, no. He wouldn't smile. He's, no. got that gl- he's already got that sad face because he's a kitten. <laughs> Do kittens uh, have a sad face? I think so. Dogs have the smile. Cats do not have the smile. No, that's true. If you see a cat with a smile, it's creepy. Right? <laughs> it's creepy. Yeah. Although like, there can be creepy dog smiles too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dogs can be uh, creeps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Utterly. That would be funny at the uh, SPCA. You're going to look for a dog. Then you just go like, yeah, here's where we keep the creeps. <laughs> this is one dog with that kind of half smile showing his teeth. <laughs> Gonna go right for your leg. <laughs> You're just like, and just never let go. That is weird. And then they do when they do that thing where they, okay, well, they get the half smile, so they're showing their teeth. So it looks like they're trying to smile, but then they they're also looking at you in that way that they show the whites of their eyes. Yeah, that's too much. We had uh, too much. Had a meeting with our friend Nina Matsumoto, the third dragon, the other the other I day. You say her name was Nina Matsumoto the third. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She got named the after her uh, grandmother trying yes. to get that money. Sweet, sweet cash. Uh, they wanted to call her Sandy, but they couldn't because uh, Grandma Nina. Um, but, but but after we had our meeting and mm-hmm. uh, she, she gave me uh, notes on uh, Sparks. Um, I'm imagining a binder full. You know what? I don't want to be a, a big spoiler, but here were all of her notes. Okay. Add more pizza. Is that what it was? Basically. <laughs> About ninety five percent of the notes were pizza based. Um, she made a comment on the on your on, on our little. She's not wrong. On our little direct message thing, and I was like, I don't get it, but maybe one yeah, day. Yeah, there was we'll... a lot of like, could could it be eating a pizza in this scene? How about if there was more pizza? What if that shirt had a pizza on it? How about really? they go to a pizza place? I'm not. I'm joking Jeez. a bit, 
but I'm not joking 100. Mm. It's no, they were good notes. Though. Someone was hungry were. when she was doing. The I know notes we're gonna eat uh, pizza before we were eating sushi at the time. We should have been eating pizza, and I think there was a pizza place right next door, and we should have gone there. And then I think the notes would have been very different. But I like the notes. <laughs> but then afterwards, she was saying, you know, there's a um, a cat shelter around here if you want to go, and we could just like look at some cats. Oh. And so uh, uh, my sister-in-law Vicky was was with us as well, and we all went and we looked at cats uh, at the nearby shelter, and that was delightful. Mm. Just so sweet, just seeing nice. all these little cats yeah. and big cats. My daughters like to go to the nearby animal shelter and look at the dogs there. Just you know, just apparently it was a big procedure to see the dogs, and so we couldn't that mm. day. And the rabbits were under quarantine because there's something going on with the rabbits. Um, they're, they're rabid. Oh, if they were rabid rabbits. Rabbit rabbits. Mm-hmm. I think that might be a video game name. <laughs> and if so, horrible. Uh, but yeah, it was delightful to see these little, these cats playing around. That's good. Yeah, one time uh, Eve went to the, the animal shelter and she comes home and she's, I mean, has this picture of this dog. <laughs> He's like a 14-year-old dog or something like that. And she's yeah. like, Dad, we have to get this dog. We just can't leave this dog there by itself. You know, so I read it and like, okay, well, let's go look at it. So we drive over there to look at it. But when we got there, luckily someone was already in the process of adopting this dog, an older gentleman who, uh, you know, was thinking like, well, I'm not going to be long for the world, so might as well have this dog that's not going to be long for the world and we can grow all together. Oh, that's really sweet. So I thought that was really nice. Yeah, I was happy. Then we, otherwise we would have taken it because I wouldn't want a dog to, to live in a shelter, by, mm-hmm. you know, until it... It's, it's a certain demise. And and people, I mean, I got an older cat now. We just adopted. But mm-hmm. um, I, I know quite a few people who have, like, uh, adopted older dogs. And they're great. Yeah, of course. They're great. I mean, again, you know, you're going to have limited time with them. But you just, yeah. like, really, really cram in all the all <clears> the fun. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're swell. Yeah, I wouldn't say Misty was old when we got our first uh, dog. But she was, I think she was around seven. Mm. You know, she'd been owned by a, an older couple. So Misty always loved old men. Mm-hmm. And she did not like old ladies. She would oh, recklessly negatively. The, the, the woman wasn't as nice as the no, fellow. She, did, she didn't like brooms. Yeah, I had a cat that had a similar situation. Yeah. So you know that was the. And if you stepped over her when we first got her, she would panic and, and get try and run out of the way. And of course, then you'd end up clonk, you know, accidentally clonking her because you'd be trying to. Yeah. You wouldn't mean to clonk her, but then she'd jump up and hit hit your leg. Um, but then once she was with us for a while, you know, then it was fine. She didn't mind us stepping over her or putting our foot on whatever we wanted to do. She was, whatever. It's rather like a skateboard. My, our, my cat's uh, started to do something in the last week and a half that I'm going to get her, get him to knock it off. Speaking. Uh, speaking, yeah. Hello. Um, <laughs> don't. It creeps me out. I'm so sorry. Stop it. Ooh. Uh, no, it's, 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 he gets on the bed, yeah. which is fine. But then he goes like, I'm going to wake this guy up. Oh, and so what he does is he takes his little paw and just goes boof on, on my face, like gives yeah. me a tap, like yeah, yeah, a zap, and it's just like, what's that? <laughs> it's and and there's a little bit of not claw, like it doesn't in any way break the skin, but yeah, I can yeah. feel a little claw on yeah, my yeah. face hit it, and I'm just like, mm, that might get a little too close to the eye. That's no yeah, good. Yeah, and also knock it off, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Turn to sleep. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not quite sure how to break break him of that habit. Just but. react really quick. React like you. You've been startled awake and like punch out at him. <laughs> Sock him one right in the uh, I've just been giving him big hugs, like waking up. Okay. Like, what? No, 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 no. Like, yeah. That's good. And uh, well, maybe he likes it. This is the problem. This is the problem with not being able to punch your pets anymore in this day and age. Oh. Thanks, society. You're not allowed to do that? I, I wish I hadn't suggested that as no, an answer. No, it's fine. I can't. I love them. I'm courting controversy. The little goon smacking me in the head. Like, it's weird waking up with like a. Oof! Yeah, to the face. It yeah, is, it is weird. Our uh, Al 
he just whines. He sits by the door and whines. Mm -hmm. And then uh, lately he's taken to barking a little bit, which I really do not like. Oh. Although to be fair, neither wake me. I can ignore them both. Is he is he barking at everybody? Is he barking at the 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 male uh, carrier? No, no, no. He's just barking for us to wake up to feed him. Oh yeah. no! Yeah, yeah, no, no, no dice. And then, um, and yeah, and then Risa likes to uh, yeah, get on the bed and just meow at you. Yeah, such is her way. Me, she likes to meow at yeah, me. Yeah, I'm the. <laughs> this is what happens when I get home. Uh, Pia's uh, working usually on the couch. She's drawing something, and then I'll 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 walk in and. Uh, uh, Coco will uh, will perk up, will see me, will try to make it out the door. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I block, I block him from going out the door. And then it's just constant. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, what's the problem? And then I have to look around to see what the problem is. Okay, there's no food, or there's, you know, I got to change the litter, or I got to do something, or he just wants to go out, or so there's something. Yeah. But he does not tell Pia the problems. And so, you know, she's like, I, I would listen to him if he'd just come to me, yeah, but yeah. he doesn't. Yeah. He waits for you to come home and then huh. just like, and then I get led to whatever mm -hmm. the problem of the day is. He knows which side of the bread his butter's on. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I've made a terrible error he, with that. He recognizes the pushover. Yeah. Yeah. That's Lisa's role as the pushover. Like I don't get, I don't get nearly the bad behavior from the dogs that, that Lisa gets because they know that she's just an easy mark. And will fall for any of their of their, their baloney. Whereas, mm -hmm. whereas I'm more of a hard case. I think he knows too that he can, he gives up after about two tries of me of wanting me to do something, and then just goes, ah, I'm just gonna cuddle with you, and then like, <laughs> goes, you know, because realizes I'm so lazy. I, I there's some things I won't do. And like I'm just gonna sit down. It's like nope, nope, nope. Okay, fuck it. We're gonna sleep then. Let's just uh, purr. Nice. And it's fine. Yeah. He was mad at me yesterday, and this is why I'm kind of like, Ugh, but today is uh, I. We we had we got this these two giant bags of soil okay uh, delivered to do to 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 make some garden stuff so okay. we filled up built and and all this garden stuff and and so we still had like half of one in the backyard uh, and uh, and we needed to get it to the front yard to put it in like an area by the front steps yeah um, and we have no wheelchair wheelchair <laughs> because you know why because I fell out of it once everyone laughed at me and I went fuck it I'm, I'm gonna learn how to walk that'll I'll show you yeah I grew my legs back oh and you can you. too it's all attitude <laughs> wheelbarrow we don't have a wheelbarrow all right so all I had was like a little uh, little plastic container. It wasn't very very large, and so I kept filling that up with dirt and walking it to the front, and then uh, and the and the dirt's been in the back for a while, so it's gotten hard. So there's a lot of like having to kick it first, loosen it up. Yeah. And uh, and then I looked up, and, and I had been doing this for four hours, and uh, finally got like to the point where I could drag the bag to the front and then dump it uh, in, in in the uh, the thing. And I got so obsessed with doing it, I'm like, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And the cat's watching me and just like, let me out you son of a bitch but i can't because i'm going back and forth i can't keep an eye on it yeah um so yeah then i'm done i pat it all down uh put away the bag go up and like let him out and he's like no i don't want to <laughs> i'm like all right fine <laughs> it's gonna be like that and then he complains to pia when she comes up the stairs he won't let me out and he's like i did ah, fudge. <laughs> but because i've been doing this four hours of like constant you know, digging, lifting, carrying, whatever. Yeah. Uh, then, like, about five hours, I'm, like, starting to feel it. Then I'm, like, a, a more I'm starting to feel it to this morning where I'm, like, oh, I can't raise my arms and my hands don't open good. Oh, yeah. So most of the day I've just been, like, uh, <laughs> all wind down. So I think I have more energy now because I wasn't able to do anything for the first half of the day. Wow. So that's probably where my... 
Uh, this, that, or you know, the coffee that you're seeing in front of you as well. Oh, also, that's a help, helpful. Either well. and or either. I heard it has a, 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 a caffeine in it, which makes you excited. Yeah. I do not Canadian caffeine. You know, I do not drink the coffee. You know, I actually, which this is the reaction I get when I when I tell people that I don't drink coffee. The reaction is, you don't. That's <laughs> so weird. No, that's fine. People get so you so don't excited. Need drugs, Dedrick. Yeah, that's um, true enough. Did you ever try coffee? No, I don't like how it smells at all. So. Has it ever been in your mouth? I don't think so. Mm. I don't think so. Okay, so the next time we have one of these, I have tried tea. One of these things where, like, like we were forced to do stuff like drink fancy drinks or what mm -hmm. have you. Mm -hmm. Someone out there, uh, uh, say, like an Irish coffee for Dave to make, and so Dave will have to try a coffee. Is that really the best way to try coffee? Is add something else I don't like to it? <laughs> you know what? The best, the, the instructions I got for drinking coffee. Yes. Were, uh, I asked, I asked my high school chum uh, Susan Hunkin this, and I went like, yeah. "How do you drink coffee?" She went, "Okay, here's what you do. Uh, you would probably want three sugars in there." And then add some milk, uh, milk it up, uh, and then stir it up, and it's just going to be—it's going to be sweet enough. It's going to almost be like a candy bar to you, and you'll be down with that. And then gradually, you reduce the milk and you reduce the sugar till you're able to tolerate what this is. That is not what I did because I tried it and went yuck. I don't like it. <laughs> and then you know, twenty years pass, and then mm. I go, I don't want to drink soda all the time. I got to learn how to drink coffee. So I'm just—I—I—I I, I drink it because I like the reaction. I like—I like what it does. Yeah. But uh, I'm still. Ugh the taste i think i'm i'm a naturally hyper sort of person so i don't need i don't need it nope that's fine i don't because i don't drink i really don't drink pop that often i mean i'm drinking it now yeah. but i have pop once a week when i see yeah, it's you. not uh, it's not so much the an energy situation for me with coffee yeah. it's more a mood it's a more a mood thing and oh. where i where i got that from was was uh pia was dealing with a friend who was very depressed once yeah and just said okay uh drink some black coffee I'll be I'll be over and then drink some water and we'll talk and whatever and I'm like, what was the, with the black coffee? It's just it's just something that lifts your mood a little bit, just okay. lifts it up a little bit. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a good thing. So when I was feeling bummed out at one point, I went like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna just try this, see how it goes. I'm like, yeah, that seems to maybe it's psychosomatic, but it seems to do it and it's zero calories. So what the hell? Yeah, let's let's try that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I tend to try heroin. That's what I ah oh, boy the mood real mood changer. I would be so tempted to put out an album, and that's my worry. Because then you have to put out that difficult second album, right? Yeah, it's very hard. Because it's going to be clearly a hit. What I do, right? Like yeah. It's going to be a hit album, and then it's like, what do I do for the second album? Yeah. Ugh. I feel like it's coffee talking to me here. That actually reminds me, and I do feel like I'm being very hyper today. Um, that reminds <laughs> me of just conversations I've had with people about comics, mm. where they talk about like, yeah, I got this idea for a comic, but I don't know. I don't know what I'd do for my next comic then. Oh wow. well, just do your first comic, and we'll see. <laughs> yeah, but you know, bit. yeah, they just like think like, what's the what's the next thing that I don't want to do when I sell go, the comic well, for a movie and they make a movie out of it. Yeah. What will I do for the second arc? Yeah, I don't know. You'll make it up as you go along. Mm. Sure, just I'm sure something will occur to you as you're writing the first one. Yeah, and if it doesn't, who cares? Oh, well. Then you won't do a second arc, but yeah. you'll at least have a first arc. Yeah, dear lord. Yeah, to think think of yourself as like Noah. He didn't worry about the second arc. Just did the first one. Was it ever weird for Noah getting on a boat again? <laughs> did he ever get on a boat again? Yeah, Noah? did he? I don't think so. And if you if you did see like if you saw Noah after that, yeah. at any point, you yeah. building anything, yeah, anything, he's just starting to build like a table for the backyard. <laughs> you just what's be, happening? Oh, yeah, Jesus. Okay, everyone, <laughs> repent. <laughs> Give away all your stuff. What are you doing? Are you building a roof because rocks are falling from the sky? Yeah. Yeah. And could he like eat any anything 
there was an animal after that point. And I know your grandpa. No, he, I know your great grandpa. He probably was so angry at all those animals after he got off the ark that he's probably like willingly eat anything. Mm. Didn't care what it was. Just hated them all. Oh, I thought you were gonna say he couldn't eat like any animal. He just went straight veg. But no, no, you're no, right. no, no. He just couldn't. <laughs> so, so much trouble. So much trouble. He said, "You know what? Less animals, less manure." That's my feeling of the world. He's probably right. He's probably this person I just made up was probably right. I don't think you. Uh, I think you made up Noah. I think someone no, no, had the original I concept. Just, to I them. just made up his attitude, though. I, Are you saying you wrote the Old Testament? Thing? I might have had a hand in it. I feel like every time that we re- you reread it, you rewrite it. It's the magic of the New Testament. It'd be it'd be a fun project and and somewhat sacrilegious to just do a podcast called "I Have Notes," and then you just take the most <laughs> sacred texts and whatever and just yeah, like yeah. go through them and just go. All right, here's how I'd fix the story of Adam and Eve. Here's how I'd fix that whole King David thing. <laughs> well, it's, here's, I don't here's know if it means fixing. Put. Well, maybe, yeah. Well, it's no, twist. you just got to give right. it like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like, yeah, you're draft. right, you're right. Because like the story of Abraham, Abraham and Isaac, it really it really doesn't, really, it, it kind of ends in a rather quick way. It doesn't seem to resolve. The story doesn't resolve. There's no like, they don't talk about it after. There's no like father-son get together where he's like, dad, what the fuck? You know, what? It was with the knife. I don't well, know. here's my What's question in that. And again, you've studied the Bible where I have just... Re- I read it twice because I was forced to as a Oh, kid. that's more than me. Um, but you went to Bible study for how long? Many years. Yeah, but I... Not the whole thing, though. We did We did parts of it. which are, We did do that part. But okay. I mean, I read I read it like once, and then I read a... Okay. Like I read so sort the, of so a the Abra- breakdown of it Abraham all. and Isaac story. Yes. So when uh, he's about to... This is the, he's sacrificing... Isaac and God goes, no, 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 right? That's basically it, right? That's the story? Well, the way the story is, is he says, God's told me to, to sacrifice you. That's right. So he takes Isaac to this place, and then he's going to sacrifice mm-hmm. him. And then God says, hey, uh, can it? Or whatever God's right. say. Right, yeah, quit it. <laughs> Once again, yeah. making, putting words in. Un- understood. Now, does Isaac hear that? That's a very good question. I, I, to my view of the story, no, he doesn't. Okay, because if, if you heard that, mm-hmm. then I'd say... End of story. Isaac goes, well, God said yes. God said no. Yeah, God yeah. exists. Mm-hmm. Shut my yapper. Yeah. Um, fair enough. All right. This is all clear to me. Thanks. Whatever you say, Pop. It's all fine. Yeah, yeah uh, You know, but if, if, if it's it's taken the old man's word. First of all, if he's taken the old man's word that he's going to be killed. Well, and he doesn't sorry, even know that that's going to happen, that's right? That's what I thought like I've he's done, luring him up the hill i've done a i've done a parody of this for the simpsons and uh okay and i went with that idea yeah. uh that he didn't that he didn't know um and then then i went with the idea that he was uh setting him on fire but uh and god was telling him no but he wasn't quite hearing what god was saying he's like i'm really busy and trying to get and so he the son gets somewhat cooked in my hilarious version but yeah <laughs> it'd be fun to do like hilarious. i i have notes on you know, and again, you don't want to do some religious texts that will get you killed, but you could also do. <laughs> you could also. So we'll be we'll, we'll be mocking the Holy Bible and sure. no other religious text is what you're saying. I think there's a couple. Uh, I think Mormon we could do. I, I don't think Mormons would lose it. Buddhists on us. aren't too bad, you know. It's no, again, Buddhists would. That would be. Yeah, you don't want to do it to Buddhists. No, it no. depends on the Buddhists. You're it does about. really. But then it depends on the Christians too. There's some Christians yeah, yeah. will come at you hard. Here's what. Here's but, what no, I think. I don't think they'll come at you killing hard. Well, depends like what year, like depends what year it is. Um, <laughs> well, it's now. And there's also some people that don't listen. There's someone. Some people have guns, and some people have ideas. What, I, what I'm going to say though, as well, <laughs> to cover our bases here, yes. is you could also do stuff like Shakespeare. 
You know, just take the okay. take the works that people think are sacred in different so ways. Cover like, our asses, but yeah, know. like you okay. know, like go out, go over Hamlet and just go. You know, the problem with Hamlet, this long. scene goes on a bit long. It's a little long. Cut this, cut sure. this, t- tweak this, do this. Here we go, and then you move on to you know uh, classics of literature, mm-hmm. and then you fix those up, and uh, you know, see see what you got. Yeah, I think Hamlet suffers from the necessity for a five act structure, which I don't mm. think it needs. I don't think it needs a five act structure. Well, most but times because when that was the people that do was it, the they thing cut. Of, yeah, they yeah. cut a lot out. I don't of blame them. I don't blame them. I think the Brana version is the only full filmed version of is that Hamlet. Right? Yeah. Is, and how long is it? Do you know? Uh, uh, it's about an hour too long. <laughs> an hour too long. Yeah. 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 I can. I can believe it because, you know, although of course it comes down to that idea of what what do you cut out? What what uh, you know the classic. Someone asked me that the other day at work. Out of the blue, they said. Because it was funny because I was talking about it. Uh, I should mention it actually that I was um, a guest of of a listener Trevor Lynn's oh, uh, yes, yes. YouTube. He has I a didn't YouTube watch channel. all of it, but uh, the parts That's I watched look good. Fine. Um, he yeah, he had me on. and We talked about the White what Album. What was it? What's his podcast called? It's not a podcast, but it's a uh, it's a um, he has a he has like a guitar school uh, like a. He does like tutorial videos on playing the guitar. So they're on YouTube. They're on YouTube. And do you know what it's called, the one that you're on? <sighs> you know, it would, it would have been really smart if I... Looked. Hey, let's pretend that I know this answer. So okay. you, you ask me that question again. All right. Because I thought it was it was about the White Album. So I think it was called White Here, White Now with David Dedrick. <laughs> Am I right? No, you're right. Okay. All right. Hey, hey, Dave. Uh, it comes to my mind that I was thinking of looking at that uh video that you're on on youtube and i just reckon uh if if you if you wouldn't mind uh, uh, uh could you could, could you not watch videos while i'm asking you this question it's somewhat rude dave uh, what what would that be called uh, oh dave i'm trying to i'm trying to ask you a question this is incredibly rude dave What's the name of the the video uh, that you're on that people could watch where you're talking about the White Album for a couple of hours? Uh, it's actually just under his name, Trevor Lynn. It's called Trevor Lynn. Yeah. And is your name connected in any way with it? I think well, I'm probably tagged in it. So if you search for me, you would find... David Dedrick and Trevor you Lynn. You would find me talking in front of, Are of you, a if, if people go to, say, our Facebook page, oh. I think there's a link there as well. Yes, I linked all over the place. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm just trying to help out. They call him Linky Dave. That's right. So, um, were you happy with how it turned out? You put a sheet behind you this time. I did. You altered your background. I did because last time I had like this really stark. I had a window behind me where the sun was shining through, and it's like this big. I was like, I was, I was coming to him from the great beyond, you know. It's yeah, like, you could see a ghost walk by every so often. <laughs> it's like Dave has come, just coming back from heaven, just to say a few words with the Beatles, and I'll be heading back. I spoke back to again. John. I spoke yeah. to George. Here's what they say: <laughs> right. They're busy. They don't want to talk about the old work. Right. They've released at least a hundred new albums since then, uh, and only yeah. I could listen to them. Yeah, and they're okay. They're okay. <laughs> typical, typical problem with their solo work, you know. Yeah. It's that difficult afterlife album yeah 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 it's just uh no it's it was it was fun we talked about you know it's the 50th anniversary of the white album coming up the beatles the actual name of that album is the beatles as everyone will correct us and then uh so that was a lot of fun we talked about other things too because i can't help it but go off a little bit go do a little few asides i know what that i know what that's like and so yeah it was it was good though i think we talked for over two hours and now did you have notes with you at the time no just free, free uh, falling. Free there. falling. Just oh like my Tom God. Petty. Listening in your Tom Petty podcast. Yeah, that's right. Uh, some petty points of view. <laughs> that's what I call it. Some petty... Petty obs- grievances. Petty observations. <laughs> sure, right. Uh, petty observations isn't bad. So, no, it was fun. I think I looked at one... I think I... Because I had, I had been... I found like a bunch of papers when I was doing some cleaning up the other day and they were all my... Uh, 
all my completely Beatles notes. Mm. I was like, oh, this is fascinating. So I was looking through them and I could see where I had like handwritten little comments to remind myself to say something during the show. And then I, there was also uh, a lot of qu- uh, answers for listeners' questions from the, the Q&A show, the final show. And uh, the one was there was your ta- your name or put in order of preference, the Beatles albums. Oh, geez. So yeah, it was Revolver, uh. Magical Mystery Tour, the Beatles. <sighs> As I remember it, I can't remember the rest of the match. What was that. the last one? What probably, was the... Ye- probably Yellow Submarine would be okay. the last for me. Not that I, but you know, it's not. It's order of preference. It's not worst. You know, best or worst. It's and just... you know, that's uh, that's coming out again. That's being re-released. Yellow Submarine. The um, to theaters. To, to theaters. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, and also my my old boss, who is now my current boss at Mad, uh, Bill Morrison. Yeah. Drew the Yellow Submarine comic book that's being uh, released uh, at the same time, hmm. and they've got an ad for it online. And uh, it shows the it shows the the book. Yeah. There's no music. Weird. It's weird. It's off putting. Yeah. Like oh my computer's wrong. It's broken. It's not good. <laughs> and then people like afterwards. So where's the music? It's like well it's a it's a, it's a comic. There's no music. I'm like well yeah but just add the damn music to the to the ad. Yeah. But I guess they couldn't. They didn't get the you rights to, to do that or something it. like yeah. that. Yeah. Which you think they'd have the license to that by licensing the comic? Well, not necessarily. Because the people. Well here's what I would think. The clearly the comic. The people that own Yellow Submarine are making money off the comic. Yeah. So you might want to make the ad for the thing you're going to make money on. You know, give them the song. They they don't own the songs, though. Oh. Like Apple or the Beatles don't own their own music, right? Oh, okay. This all makes sense. (laughs) Yes. It would be nice if they did, but the 60s was a bad time for musicians and and ownership of their own music. So, So, yes. I'll probably go see that uh, movie in theaters. Terrified me as a child, but uh, I'm liking seeing it. It's amazing. I loved that movie when I saw it. And I didn't see it right from the beginning. I saw it about two or three minutes in when... uh, So I missed the Pepperland attack. Oh, wow. And so I just saw it from when uh, old Fred, or young Fred, I guess he is, young Fred comes to... uh, Comes to Liverpool, I assume he comes to Liverpool, looking for the Beatles. And just when he comes to their house and there's all that magical stuff, you know, the, the rooms of this and that. I yeah, just, they all I just, get their own intro. I just loved that as a kid and that just yeah. that made the movie for me. And I was just like, I'm in. Yeah. But I did miss the attack. So that may have, but I wasn't really. Have you seen it since? The attack? Oh, many times. Okay, very good. Yeah, I don't know. You see movies once usually. So. <laughs> those movies I have, have a place in my heart. Very good. That I've seen many times. I'm, I've been going to see classic movies at our local theater, The Park. Uh, the the most recent and that's one that's coming up mm-hmm. uh, and uh, one I just saw was the uh, the Thomas Crown Affair very uh, good film it is a very good film uh, very of its time very of its time yes. <laughs> even very of its time in the last two years for now when you see a creepy millionaire mm. and uh, you know and who's like just jerking around everybody yeah you know it used to be that's fun yeah, and now yeah. it's Fuck you! <laughs> really? You feel yeah. Like still? You really? You do end yeah. with like a big oh fuck off. I mean, it's 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 yeah, but it's still well well shot and oh, it's a very well well and nor, and uh, the use of the Jewison. split screen is really interesting, right? Because he saw that uh, apparently at Expo sixty seven mm-hmm. that technology and went okay. oh I got to use this way too much in my next movie <laughs> and he does it's clearly a kid it's who's fun. got a new toy. It is an interesting thing. Um... Uh, Brian De Palma uses it to great effect in the film. Is it Sisters? I believe it's called. I have not seen Sisters. Sisters. Yeah, with Margot Kidder playing two roles. Uh, yeah, it's a good film. It's a good film. But yeah, it has a, a seat, two views of uh, yeah, like two simultaneous events happening in a split screen. Yeah, situation. it's a, it's a really good effect. It's a good and idea. the opening to the movie is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they made a big mistake in. Uh, he thinking- has notes. 
Yeah, I've got notes, and my notes are <laughs> that uh, Windmills of Your Mind song. Yeah. It's great once. But not a hundred times? I don't need to hear the whole song yeah. a second time sure. later on in the movie. That was fine. Is that is it the Noel Harrison version? I could not tell you. Rex Harrison's son? I, I, double, think he had, I double couldn't tell you. I think he had the hit with that, Windmills of Your Mind. All I know is when I was a kid, I I didn't know the song as the song. I knew it as a punchline to a mm. Carol Burnett joke. Or it's like, uh, you've lost the breeze in the windmills of your mind or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. But well, I like, I like the song, I and I think the I Muppets did a version of it. I don't like the song. I, I like the song. It's, mm. a, it's one of those, I'm, I'm all for it. That's mm. fine. Mm. But I don't like it twice. Yeah. There's a reason you don't play the entire James Bond song mm. from the opening in the middle of the movie. Learn from this. Uh, Norman Jewison. It's like uh, the Darjeeling Limited where they keep playing that song, Where Did You Go To, My Lovely, the Peter Sarsted song, oh, which I do not like that song at mm. all. And I really like that album, but I do not like the big hit single from it. I like a bunch of other songs on it, but that song does does not rub me the right way. And Steve uh, McQueen has the creepiest laugh in that movie. The, mm. Yeah. Just a, <laughs> it's almost like he's a robot trying to teach himself how to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and just keeps, you know, trying to get it back. But the 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 insurance uh, agent uh, woman, she's great. Faye Dunaway. Oh, she's great. Faye Dunaway is so great in it. Yeah, yes, with crazy a... hair, like mm. crazy, lifted up, mm. wacky hair. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, she's uh, very good. And Gordon for... Pinsent in it, but mm. I I missed him, even oh. though he's like one of the third, like the third name listed. I'm like, oh, Gordon Pinsent, this will be neat. Oh. And then I'm like later talking to uh to to Vicky, who I watched it with, oh. and I was like. Where's Gordon Pinson? She's well, like, oh, it's right off the top. Well, how yeah. many lines did he have? Eh, a couple. Like, well, they, you don't get to be third credit. Back well, in they back had in the order day. of appearance. <laughs> anyway, it was one <laughs> of his first a, movies. Must have been a buddy of Norman Jewison, who is also Canadian. So, I, uh, I, when I started doing stand up, uh, Gordon Pinson's son was uh, was a stand up. Though I'm not a hundred percent sure. This was a weird thing that that's happened in my life. Is that Gordon Junior? It was not Gordon Junior. It was, and I'm. Listen, if I'm getting this in any way wrong, folks, you let me know. It was Barry Kennedy, who uh, is uh, a very well-known stand-up comedian okay. and in a lot of commercials. Yeah. And uh, but is Gordon Pinson's son? But uh, has his mom's name or something? Look, I don't know what the situation okay. is. But this is the thing: I've yeah. got a couple of people I know in my life who are the sons of yes. people who are famous. Yeah. But learned about it later in life. You learned about it later. No. They learned about it later. They right? learned about it Did later. Did he learn about it later in life? I, you know what? Because I know so many people that have this experience, okay. I might be blurring it. Okay. And I don't want to be telling tales yeah. out of school. Don't tell any, don't tell any tales out of school right. because the bullies will, will not laugh at you. Right. But yeah. I, I did want to tell you, uh, try to guess what celebrity uh, is actually your dad. My dad? Yep. Oh, Gordon Lightfoot. You were right. Yeah, it's Gordon Lightfoot. No, thanks. Yeah. I always knew that. Yeah. We were looking for Little somewhere. Davey Lightfoot. <laughs> Little David Lightfoot. I... I think I went to school with the David Lightfoot. Hmm? I think that was his last name. <laughs> it sounds so right. It sounds so wrong, but it sounds yeah. right at the same time. Do you I know what? Like, I'm betting if this was a movie, I'd say you're going to remember that. And then you're going to go, I remember I went to school with him. And then someone's going to go, no, you didn't. It's like, yeah, David Lightfoot, I remember. And it's like, no, you were David Lightfoot. And then it's like, what? <laughs> I am Tyler Durden. Yeah. He, he, was, uh, he was voted best dancer in grade six. Of course he was, because he was you, and uh, no, no, you had your father's music not, in you. I was not. You would only dance uh, to Gordon Lightfoot songs, not, wreck at oh, the Edmund Fitzgerald, and really like hoe down on it. Speaking of such a thing, I went and I went and saw my uh, my dad put on a show. Not my dad up by himself, put on a show. <laughs> he got kind of an accident and put on a show. No, he uh, was uh, he's in a the Pacific Showtime Chorus. 
He and several other elderly gentlemen. Well, I know he was in a barbershop quartet. He's no longer in a barbershop quartet. Has he upgraded to more gentlemen? He's upgraded to more gentlemen. There's more than four. And they don't sing in, the, in, a, in a barbershop Are there style. more gentlemen than in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Yes. Oh, okay. Definitely. Yeah. As they, mar- as they trooped up to the stage, I, I leant over Lisa and said, I said, the average age of this, if this choir is dead. <laughs> it's just got to that point now mm. where, you know, you see all these guys go out. They used to look young. They no longer look so young. Mm. How are their pipes? Mm. You know, as you get older, it gets a little drier. Can't quite hit those notes the same way, same as you used to be able to do. But they're not bad. They're pretty good. They, right. they sing within the range. They have a very good choir director who really knows how to massage the, that group and get, get the best out of them, I think. Do you think uh, your dad, uh, uh, being a uh, barbershop uh, man... Um, one-time barbershop man. One-time barbershop man, yeah. now current gentleman of a chorus. Yes. We hope you like We're our show. We're the boys in the chorus. We hope you like our show. We know you're rooting for us. But now we have to go. That's all I saying, and they left. So great, isn't it? <laughs> it's really great. That was so great, and it just... To this day, right there. Yeah. That's all you need. It's, and beautiful because you only have to have the animators do it once. Do it and once. you r- r- run it. Oh, it's just, like three times in God that. But, damn it. but it works every time. God damn it, that was good. Um, <laughs> rest of it, probably not as good as we remember. But that part, solid. Uh, do you think your dad being a singer made you want to be a singer, which is why you sing in choir now? Because you are a choir fellow. And I don't know a lot of no, choir No, I fellows. sang bef- before. Well, no, my dad was always a bit of a ham. Would he harmonize with you as a lad? No, no. He you would not sing have with any us. excuse We've, to sing together. Jason and I have talked about this, of course, that it was the kitchen in the kitchen with the brothers that sang. And the, the kids and other people who were not directly related to the brothers did not get to sing, gets to sing with them. But uh, my dad did sing, but I never, like, took any pleasure from that. And I remember, like, him doing, like, this sort of a sort of a presentation or I don't know what it was like for a for a, for a convention or something like that mm-hmm. he and like they put together a bunch of guys and they put on like kind of a, a sketch or a skit or like a little playlet that involves singing and, and this and that which my dad was very proud to have done that and uh, you know it had all his his corniness in it you know well I'm so you know everything he does you know as a you know well wonderful this you know he just brings all that out on stage yeah. and just that whole that whole thing comes out and the other, the interesting thing about this show, though, was it wasn't just singing. They did do singing. They yeah. sang. But they also did little sketches in between the songs. Oh. Not their own sketches. No, nope, classics. They did cl- other people's sketches, which is basically, it's other people's sketches done not quite as well as they were done the first time you saw them. Are they old-timey vaudeville type sketches? No, no. They did the dead parrot sketch. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, yes. no, 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 no. Oh, yes. No, that's yes, with yes. it. No, no, oh, don't yes. do that. No. Have you ever wanted to see the Dead Parrot sketch with a lot of pauses in between the lines while the actors look at oh, the audience no. and, and no, make no, faces? No, no. I barely, listen, I saw. You ever wanted to see the Dead Parrot sketch where the person playing the shop assistant strangely decides to do a Norwegian accent because the parrot is Norwegian, a Norwegian blue? Have you ever wanted to see First that? First of all, I would. I never thought I'd want to I, see I, it. I would want. I would want to hear what a Norwegian accent sounds like. But I, I would not want to see. <laughs> it sounds a lot like a like a Swedish. If accent. I had uh, John to Cleese me. and Michael Palin in the room with me, mm. I would not want to hear them do the dead no. parrot sketch. No, I would. Uh, I would feel weird them doing it. I saw them doing it on Saturday Night Live. Didn't go well. Didn't no, no. get a laugh. Uh, so listen, no. they can't do it. No. So you shouldn't do it because mm-hmm. they're the only ones who could possibly do it. Yeah. With the exception of. Maybe children just learning to talk. Yeah. And that would be adorable. But that'd be it. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, having watched a lot of Python, and I mean, it might just be that I'm worn out, but I didn't find the Dead Parrot sketch in the first season of Monty Python to be that great. Like, I, it didn't, 
didn't read as great as it, it should. I like when I was watching, I was thinking like, man, do I remember these as being great because they're in the the movie and now for something completely different? Is that where I've seen like better versions mm -hmm. of these that it feels like they're better? Because because like the lumberjack bit in the TV show, it does it just doesn't work to me. Mm -hmm. You know, it, ha it starts off with the barber sequence where he's like covered in blood, Michael yeah. covered in blood, and he's like not he's he's all doing this kind of weird nervous thing where he's either like a murderer or just really nervous about cutting hair. Yeah, and you're not quite sure which it is. Yeah. you know, it has like the funny moment where he turns on the tape recorder. And it's you know has the sound of snipping and he's and has him doing you know like conversing with with Terry Jones as the customer, and that's that's amusing. The rest of it just doesn't really work. And then I, it goes into the lumberjack bit, and you're just kind of like, well, this is okay. Going but. back to the dead parrot sketch, if you take Let's the, go back, and again, uh, I think you're right. If you're looking at the movie version, much stronger than the television mm. version. But if you take the television version, I would put any. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a big stand here. Okay, I'm gonna put any. I'd like to return this. A bit from the two Ronnies over that bit. Okay. Anyone. Yeah. Any one of them would yeah. would be would be stronger than that. But I think because it was in uh, the uh, now for something completely different, uh, and that's what people watched over and over again. Yeah. 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 They now remember that as a classic, classic. Well, classic I mean, thing. it's you know, I mean, if you if you're a real Monty Python fan, which I was, then you you got you got that you got the movies, you got the TV show, you would get. It, it was, I think it was performed on the first record. I know it was in live from Drury Lane. And also the other live when they did the American live album that they did has, you know, it's in the live at Hollywood Bowl. You know, so you see it over and over again if you're a fan. So by, you know, by the time you've watched all these iterations of it, it's kind of hard to remember which one right. that you, you Would know. they Did they do it again for the German version? I think the German version was all original stuff. Oh, okay. Like it's things that weren't in the TV show. They just did a bunch of original stuff. Did they the ever take one. any of the sketches from the German version? No. Make it make it English and then. Uh... No, they did. They didn't. Some of them went onto record, but not into the TV shows. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. But uh, watching, I've been watching the second season. Oh and... right, because you were watching full seasons yeah. of uh, Monty yeah. Python. Okay. So it's interesting how much better the second season is than the first season. I think partly because. Something that you said, which is because the audience isn't in, that into it, and that's part of it. I think in the first season, the audience isn't really, you know, that into it. They were probably taken, you know, they they probably were on a tour of the mm. BBC and like mm. want to see a TV show. Yeah, sure, yeah. let's go see that. And they're like, mm -hmm. what the hell is this, mother? Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> then when you get to the second season, you actually have fans coming. Yeah, people to see coming it. to see it. Yeah, they get it, and it works better. And then. And then the the linking elements are done a lot better in the second season, so you get a, that's a lot better flow from like. I found the first season was kind of choppy in the way that they they kind of move from sketch to sketch. The second season, there's two brilliant shows, uh, and I wish I could remember what numbers which numbers they were, but sort of in the like I don't know six or seven or seven or eight. One is they play this. It's kind of a lame sketch. But then it goes on to this great thing, which is, it's like a, a society for putting things on top of other things. <laughs> okay. And then one of them stands up and says, you know, well, you, you haven't done any, well, he said, we, you haven't done any, you know, we haven't put anything on top of other things. And he stands up, Junkley stands up and says, well, we, you know, we had a meeting, we decided it's really silly to put things on top of other things. And then they all agree that it is kind of silly. And so they, they call it the end of the meeting. And then Graham Chapman leaves the room and then he goes outside and he's looking around. And he's like, what? What's going on? And he goes back into the back into the room back into the studio room and, and he's like strange and he goes back outside and he goes comes back and he goes we're on film <laughs> if you go outside we're on film so then they all go to the door and they all like look around and they're like oh my god and they all run back in and they're trying to figure out how they can escape but it links through the whole show and it's really clever it's really cleverly done and then and it also links through this thing where michael palin in like an earlier version was playing this he was just like a bishop mm -hmm. and he's standing there saying you know something about da -da -da, mr bell pit then someone asked him a question he goes 
oh, I'm not in this episode. I'm not in this one. I'm in a later episode. <laughs> da -da -da, Mr. Belpit. And he's doing all these different voices. Well, hello, Mr. Belpit. Mr. Belpit. And he's doing these weird voices. And then they, they kind of go away from him and go on. And it's and, it, and then he comes back again in this, this episode. But he's still not in it. He's just doing these. He's just practicing for his part, which still hasn't come up. And uh, yeah, it's, just, it's really cleverly done. Like the, there's two of them that had these great linking devices that, that linked it together so well. But what was part of it, I had not seen either of these shows before. I had mm. heard them because my friend taped them for oh, me off the television okay. because um, there was a there was a like a like a marathon Monty Python day one time, but I couldn't see all of them because I had to go do stuff. So with my parents, they didn't understand that I should stay in front of TV all day long. So I missed some of the shows, and so but my friend had taped them, so I would listen to them on tape, but I never had saw them before. So it was fun to actually see them and go, oh, oh is that what people were laughing at when I was just hearing like people laughing but didn't know what was happening? Uh, have you got any other episodes upcoming that you've not seen before in the Monty Python? I don't know. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. Cool. So it's uh, kind of fun. When you're talking about how, uh, or maybe we were both. Can I just say one more thing? Oh, which is most that, definitely. You can, you know, say up to three more things. Go. Carol Cleveland was great. Yes. Like she's fantastic. In she that is show. the sexy Margaret Dumont. Of, uh, yes, the she really knew she how really, to play. Uh, she she's there. She does it. She gets it done. Yeah, yeah. And she knows how to. She doesn't overdo it. She always knows how to play her part. And she's also really good looking. It doesn't hurt. Really when it's all lady. fellas. When it's yeah. all fellas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a few different ladies that because sometimes someone is credited as Mrs. Idol, so I assume that's Eric Idol's wife, sure, who had a part in some shows. And also, um, gosh darn, it, I can't remember her name now, but uh, Booth. Da -da 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 Booth, who was Connie Booth? Connie Booth, who was in Faulty Towers, yeah. was John Cleese's wife. She's also ha has some appearances in the Monty Python as well. Well, let's just say, yeah, C uh, Carol Cleveland definitely mm -hmm. is the best. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. What uh, did, what did she do after Python? Anything at all? Really, I don't know. Hmm. I hope that she got married to someone who's wealthy and lived a really happy life. I hope she did as well. I think she's still around. So uh, yes, bless. Uh, when we're talking about uh, how uh, the audience didn't know what to expect in the, mm -hmm. in the early ones, yeah, have you ever seen the very first Kids in the Hall special? Well, I will. I will say a sketch, and and this is the sketch you'll remember if you have seen it. Uh, Naked for Jesus. I don't remember. Okay, then you haven't seen it. If No, you would remember this sketch. Okay. This is the thing. It's like, if people have seen it, and you go naked for Jesus, oh, yeah, you never forget that. Um, but it's, yeah. It's <laughs> All like, I can remember from the first time I saw it was the guy with the cabbage. He thing. was in He was in the special, but you probably saw the first episode. That Might was have been like, the first episode that I yeah, saw. Yeah, the, the very first one is, uh, is like, I claim this person in the name of France and puts like a, a flag in a person and it's like I claim this person in the name of Spain and they put a flag in the person and they're like oh we're going to fight and there's something something happens and oh, it's yeah. whatever it's the kind of thing that looks great in a stage thing isn't great on TV yeah it wasn't a super big fan of Kids in the Hall when I started and it's no. the usual problem I have with sketch shows which is they take Take stage stuff and Absolutely. they put it into the TV show. They do show their hits. And it doesn't and, work. And that was the same thing basically yeah. with... Because Codco did the same thing. Yeah. This was the same thing with, with the the first Kids in the Hall, but it was very graphic. So, mm. yeah, they had one sketch where it was just like, you know, uh, I think it's Bruce McCullough, but it could be someone else. And it's just like, you know, uh, I'm I'm naked. and uh, and But I'm not just naked. I'm naked for Jesus. And and it's people spreading the word of Jesus, you know, who are who are naked. And the shock is it's all these guys who are naked. And in the and in the presentation on TV, you don't see that they're naked until the very last scene where, you know, they turn their back and whatever. Yeah. But on stage, clearly, they were all just fucking naked. Yeah. And everyone lost their minds. So you could see like, oh, this translates well. Yeah. Uh but but people were were if I'm remembering correctly, in the audience, you can hear them because I don't think they goosed up the laugh track. You hear people going, Huh? And there's weird silences, and then there's ah! and then there's some people who are yeah, 
because they, they're playing like a hit. Yeah, yeah. And there's one scene where something happens, and it's a family it's a family dinner, uh, like a barbecue uh, on the back. And at one point, someone takes a knife and cuts the person's stomach open, and just all these intestines just pour out, which are like pork and beans and sausages. Yeah. And it just goes bloop. Yeah. And again, you hear the audience scream. Yeah. Because they were not in any way prepared for this. Yeah, yeah. Because they came to the CBC to take a tour of I don't know, you know, I, I was going to say the Walk with Yan set or whatever yeah, yeah. it was, you know, in in Toronto. In Toronto. But then a couple of fans, the King of Kensington set. Yeah, you could tell like there's like a small pocket of fans the seeing things, and set. then people who had no idea what they were going to see, and they're ah! But then later on, of course, with kids in the hall like Python, people came to see them that knew them, and ah, and there we go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot like uh, when we went to see um, the, the trolls. Yes, and three dead trolls, three dead trolls in a bag. Right, and their TV show was called The Trolls. Yeah, um, and and we how many how many of those did you see? Did we see like like the whole run, or how many did you actually I don't sit remember. through? Sorry, I don't remember now. Yeah, uh, Lisa came as well yeah, for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and again, that was the famous thing where, like, I was so nervous because I had like lost this guy's tapes of uh, <laughs> lost Bruce. this guy's Lenny Bruce tapes, yeah. and I was like, I don't know, I don't want to go. He's gonna like be mad. And it's like, yeah. and I, I forget who it was that I was sitting. It might have been you giving me the advice. Well, he's not gonna say anything to you during the taping of the show. Yeah. He's busy. And then <laughs> we're sitting literally at the back. We're yes. the back, we backest back rows. I uh, know that makes sense now. I always wondered why we sat so far. The back backest of the back yeah, rows. Yeah. And then, so they. they it must not be because I, I never knew this at the time. They do. So uh, they do. Uh, they do like a, a, a whole show yeah. and everything. And at one point, like Frank just looks into the audience and goes, "Hey, where are my tapes? <laughs> I want my tapes." <laughs> and everybody turns and looks at me, and then I just shit my pants and will myself to death because it's uh, my worst nightmare. And I went, "Clearly, I'm living in a nightmare. And if I shit my pants, I'll wake up." Nope, didn't didn't work. But when we saw it, yeah, it there was uh, definitely people who were fans yeah. of the trolls. But because they weren't from Vancouver, there was also a big chunk of people who were like, "Who? Yeah, who?" Yeah. And that show also had nudity and stuff that shocked the audience. Man, I do not remember very much about it now. No. I my memory is not very good, not very yeah. good at all. That's all right. I know people think I have a good memory. I don't have a good memory. Well, uh, all those episodes are on YouTube, so you could always like take a look mm. and just go. Do I remember being there, like there for this? Six of them? Is that yeah, there were six of them. Okay. Some some good sketches. Okay. Um, and yeah, there you go. It's called the Trolls. Maybe you'll hear David laughing. Maybe you'll hear me wincing in the background, feeling ashamed. <laughs> and by the way, let me just say, I didn't lose those tapes. Someone that I was roommates with lost those tapes. And later on, I think you helped me replace those tapes. Yes, I recorded, had, I recorded uh, my tape, my, dear, my CDs of Lenny Bruce. Dear goddamn Lord. And later on, I made my the record. peace with Frank, and we did a TV show together that I quit because I hated it. But <laughs> the important thing was, important thing I got, was got those tapes. he went on to a more successful show. After you quit he is show. one of the original kids in the hall, though. Get, getting back to, oh, uh, really? yeah, he was one of the original uh, Calgarian kids in the hall when <laughs> when our friend Roger Fredericks, who has been on the show before, uh, he's never been on the show. What? Roger's never been on the show. Yeah. No. Yeah. When? Wasn't he here for your uh, birthday party? No. Wasn't he here for your birthday party? No, just Louise. It was just Louise. Yeah. Roger's never been on the show. He's never been on the show. He will not come on the show. Are you? Oh man, are you sure he wasn't here for your fiftieth birthday? He was not here for my fiftieth birthday. Really. Yeah. I am Mandela affecting this. You really are. I've wondered, you said that before, and I was like, no, he's not been on the show. He's never been on the show. 
I'd love if he came on the show because Roger would be a All great. All right, we'll talk. He'd be we'll, a great we'll, guest we'll and see. a great guest. Okay. If you want to see Roger and prove that he exists, look up <laughs> uh, the YouTube video, The Best Man. You'll see uh, David and Roger uh, competing to be the best man at my wedding. And it's a very funny, it's a very funny video. Uh, but Roger's when, jokes are great. When, da- when, uh, when Roger was starting off doing improv in Calgary at the Loose Moose Theater, yep. uh, there was, the, there was uh, a group called The Audience. That okay. was what the original... Yep. Was there are a crowd of people who watch you. <laughs> no, that's not true. Dave, <laughs> stop fooling. We're having fun here. Um, but yeah, it was Mark McKinney and Bruce McCullough, okay. Frank Van Keegan. I want to say Jerry Owen. Uh, not Gary Owen from Laughing, but whatever. And then uh, <laughs> they later met Kevin McDonald and Dave Foley uh, in Toronto, and they were going under the name of the Kids in the Hall. Okay. And then later on, Scott Thompson joined the group. You can find out more about this from Paul Meyer's book. Uh, about the kids in the hall that's coming out later this year. Someone else that we want to have on the show. At yeah, some I would point. love Paul Meyer. And someone who show. said he wants to come on the show, but he will see if he's a big liar or not. <laughs> Any hobby hobby who? Yes, that was that's all I've got to say about that. Well, <laughs> thank you for taking the story and then ending it abruptly. Yeah. <laughs> all I'm saying is buy Paul Meyer's book. Well, that's really, I mean, he's he's really great. I loved his Todd Rundgren book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like, liked his Bare Naked Ladies book. I, I just, just like, like him to uh, just like him to get on the show and just talk about Todd Rundgren with me. All right, that's all uh, I want. That's, yeah, all I ask that's what he'll want to do when he's plugging his uh, yeah. Kids in the Hall book. It's yeah. just like Let's yeah, forget fuck about that. this yeah, Kids yeah, in yeah. the Hall Todd, book. Uh, Todd Rundgren. Let's talk about your Todd Rundgren book, which is also very good. Not only was it it was so good that they extracted parts of the book for uh, reissues of Todd Rundgren CDs. Did they? Yep. That is pretty good. Good yes. on, good on. Yep, it's good for him. More money in his pocket. All right. So uh, we look forward to more of your reviews of future seasons of um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm really this. enjoying it. I, I, I know. I'm a, I am a big fan of the show. Even if I'm saying critical things about it, I'm not I'm not hating on it. I, I still enjoy it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting to watch it um, now. You know, like I, I loved it unconditionally as a kid. Because you watch things uncritically as, as a child or a teenager. At least I did. So it's interesting to watch it now and kind of look at it and go, I have notes. You know what it feels like sometimes is because comedy is so much about going up against the establishment mm-hmm. uh, that I think there's a generational thing of if – here it's the problem with Chevy Chase. It's like Chevy Chase was the person who was going up against the establishment in, sure. on Saturday Night Live yeah. and in later things. But then he so represented what the establishment was later that it was like it didn't it didn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you think Python works as you know uh, going up against you know th- th- does their humor still hold up now? I, I, I my opinion would be it does because it's even one generation before the Chevy Chase kind of. I see it as like uh, b- before that, and so it still does feel uh, that you're sticking it to mm-hmm. you know the the hoity toits. Well, I think the show had enough. It had enough. It's a, it's nonsensical enough that it that it's not bound to its time. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not topical. It's just so. Yeah. It's just so. Don't out take there. it too seriously. It's yeah. just so out there that there's no like where you're going like oh I recognize they're they're talking about the Profumo scandal. That's way before Monty Python. Yeah. You know what I mean, right? Uh, where you know and it's but it's, it's so it's not stuck in a time. Even if they're making references to things of its time, it's not it's not trapped in that time. Yeah. The way that, say, a political comedy would be. Like, no one wants to listen to Von Meter now because it's so of its... Or even you know, watching old Saturday Night Lives. It's yeah. just like, ugh, okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever. But something like a Mr. Show still, I think, holds up yeah. because when they're making fun of something, they're making fun of Jesus Christ Superstar, which was, you know, yeah. at least 15 to 20 years earlier and anyway. They, and they're not even making fun of Jesus Christ Superstar in they're a way. They're just having they're making, fun with the concept. They're making, making, yeah, they're having fun of the concept of something like that, you know, and so that's that's kind of the same with Python. Like, if they're... 
let's say, you know take a sketch from the first season where Graham Chapman's playing a spoke you know some sort of spokesman for the government who's going to be reading a speech and then he the the ground collapses underneath him and he's hanging upside down in a hole in the ground you know upside down on a on a rope and he's trying to read his notes <laughs> that are have fallen onto a ledge nearby just stuff like that right yeah like so it's not about the uh, politics at all it's really about the not you know this weird situation of a, the ground opening up underneath a politician and him hanging from a rope trying to read so it's this it's interesting to me um you know that yeah right it does it does kind of it does kind of last out it does stick out of its time period in a way that's kind of it's kind of removed from that time period you know like there's no time where you're going like you know oh remember when that gangster thought there was a giant hedgehog following him <laughs> you know oh, it's so it's so you know it's so old hat to talk about that now like that. Or is it something like you know the comedy of the 80s the sarcastic guy with his sleeves rolled up being the poor man's Bill Murray, mm. you know, who was the st the stereotypical, you know, stand-up comic, that kind of, you know, again, it's the poor man's Bill Murray, the poor man's David Letterman, um, that that kind of thing. That person then became the thing. Like, mm. they rose to power and, like, now they're running things, so you look back <laughs> at their stuff and just go, ugh, this guy, you know. But you don't say that about David Letterman, though, strangely. Like, if I watch David Letterman from that time period, I don't feel like, ugh, that guy. You know what? I would, I because David Letterman... Uh, was doing such. Here's here's the thing. I think David Letterman was doing that. Don't take this too seriously. Yeah, he he was very and I think that self deprecating. Holds up. The self deprecating like, part of it holds yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, don't take this don't take this too seriously. We're gonna take the format that you're used to and we're gonna break it and we're gonna just like smash yeah. it around. Yeah. So I think you know I think almost like silly holds up better than than most things. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Whereas biting social satire. As important as as it is in its time, yeah, it really doesn't come down through through time very well. It's Which like, is you know. yeah, it's like the Lenny Bruce thing, where like you know uh, people, oh, Lenny Bruce is amazing, great, let's listen to Lenny Bruce. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, and it's like no, but you got to see like at the time, yeah, this was this, at the time this was great. That's the thing, the problem, yeah. topical, timely, biting satire only yeah. works when the it's like watching a guy box. But the person he's boxing is gone. It's like who's this guy flailing yeah. madly at something that doesn't exist anymore? I mean, I still love his Palladium, the comic. You know, who yes. finally gets to play the Palladium. That's a great sketch because it's it has nothing to do with anything. It's just a it's just a nonsensical sketch about a guy, a comic whose dream is to play the London Palladium, and finally gets to play it, and he's a flop. And it's a great it's a great story about being a flop. And you know, and then one of my favorite jokes that he did, and this is. It's it's not so great now, I admit, because our tastes have changed a little bit. But it's the one where he like goes to a Chinese restaurant and the and the owner is like, "Where your wife? Where your beautiful wife? She's so beautiful." Where? Oh, we got divorced. Ah, oh, you better off. <laughs> you know, it's just such a perfect little little yeah. aside, you know. But it, it works, you know, because it's a true moment from his life, you know, which he didn't really do very much. He didn't because that time period wasn't really about. <coughs> Pardon me. Sorry. It wasn't really about revealing yourself. It was about. You know, you know, like like you know, being this hip guy and having this persona, you know, and you didn't really let down your guard and reveal who you really were to people. Yeah, you know? and he made people feel yeah. awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it's it's something that you know before the troubles, Louis Louis C.K. <laughs> did, where he'll start at the most awkward place imaginable mm -hmm. and then try to convince he you sure that did. you know what pedophilia might must be great because gosh why would they do it if uh get in so much trouble if it wasn't amazing yeah and then just keeps breaking it down for you and breaking Ouch. it down for you and breaking i know because you start at the part of like it's whatever and then little uh -huh. by little you know it's like no but you got to understand that this and this and this and this and this and that's and that's 
that's the starting point. But Lenny Bruce would do the same thing. It'd be like how to talk to your colored friends at parties. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I don't want to see a sketch about that. And then, you know, breaks it down. It's like, yeah, yeah it's pretty good. Yep. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a gutsy place to start your sure. uh, your comedy. Sure. Whereas I think like a lot of times comedians, especially when they're first starting out, is like, okay, let's just make fun of things that everyone's comfortable making fun of. All right, everyone <laughs> hates this. Don't you hate th- this? Yeah. And it's like, we do hate that. Okay, <laughs> well, let's talk about that then. I, yeah. I got your approval. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, we already started at the best place that possible, so it can only go downhill from here because you already got the approval, so there's nowhere to go. Oh, I didn't understand. That was the physics of this. Yep, <laughs> it's only deteriorating from here. The firework has gone off. We're now watching it fall uh, to the ground. And the longer you go, the longer we're going to watch it now just sizzle on the ground and die out <laughs> oh geez what should i have done offend us and then get us back oh it seems risky that's what comedy is you piece of shit <laughs> are you kermit the frog not really i can see how you would have thought that maybe maybe i'm a young jim henson okay yeah, good rainbow connection wait maybe i'm kermit the frog yeah but by the by, if you get a chance to listen to Frank Oz on any podcast lately or any interviews, yeah, I was listening to him on the New, the New Yorker podcast, yeah. that I recommended to you. Yeah, which you must have listened to that as well because uh, very good. He is very interesting on that, and I love he? him talking about the history of Miss Piggy yeah. and how he's got one different autographs for all of his characters. Yes, that's brilliant. Yes, and also he's got a, a, a history of backstories like, back for, all, for yeah. all of his characters, including yeah. Yoda. Oh, yeah. that'd be interesting to read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Miss Piggy's is pretty dark. It is. It is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she's a pig. Yeah. And she's a pig in her, in her her back her backstory is about the fact that she's a pig, which is interesting. It's interesting because her a, mother had suitors. She's a pig in the real yeah. world. Yeah. You know, she's a pig in our world, so it has to be connected somehow. Yeah, it's interesting. It is really interesting. I was talking about um, the Muppet movie with with Eve the other day because the original Muppet, the original movie. original movie. Yeah, because I was telling her actually, I was, I was disappointed by that film when I saw it in the theater because I wanted a Muppet show. Mm. And I got I got a movie that was stock full of of cameos, and I really felt at the time that they detracted from the Muppets. Did you know the ca- who the cameos were? Oh, Did they sure. have any impact? Orson Wells and people like that were. But it, okay. that's not what I went to say. It's How old were you at the time? Grade ten. Okay. Yeah, I was actually I felt I was too old to see that film. Interesting. All right. And I took my younger brother to see it with me, so that I had an excuse. I saw it at the Stanley Theater. I saw it at either the Paramount or the Columbia in in Westminster. Probably the Columbia, if I'm thinking of the right location. But you know, and, and let's let's always remember. Yep. Animal does the Ferris Bueller joke a long time before Ferris Bueller does, which is the end of the film after the credits. Oh yeah. Still here. <laughs> Go home. Go home. Movie over. That's right. Goodbye. Yeah. When I saw it with Ferris yeah. Bueller, I yeah. like turned to my friends and went like, "Well, Animal did that in the long <laughs> guys, Animal." They were clearly yeah, they, they were, were like, they didn't give a shit. They were I was unsympathetic. Like, well, you <laughs> ignorant bastards. They didn't even see that. It's ripping off Animal. Yeah, because the movie had so many great things. I mean, well, the Rainbow Connection, him singing with the banjo was great. I just thought that was fantastic as a kid. And to learn that they had to uh, be underwater with like breathing apparatus mm-hmm. to do that was really fascinating. And then. Um, and then the bike riding sequence is also great, you know. Like yeah. there's great parts and, of it. And animal, giant animal is amazing. Yeah. The yeah, fork, they made a gigantic animal. Yeah. That's fantastic. Fork in the road. Yeah. There's fork little jokes like that. Yep. Yeah. But I just didn't Small like Small and big jokes never always keeping you on edge. But I this were this it was just I always felt like the movie stopped for them to have like whoever Steve Martin come in and be I'm Steve Martin in this scene. Here I am, Steve Martin, being Steve Martin. Steve Martin's here. Steve Martin. Steve, and now I'm going. Going now. Leaving. Steve Martin's leaving now. Steve Martin's going. Do you feel the same way now? 
Oh, I haven't seen it for a long time, so mm. maybe I should give it another. Yeah, now I really do want to see it. You've uh, talked me into it. <laughs> into it. I would like to see. I would like to watch all those movies again. Actually, just yeah, to... Great Muppet Caper actually has a lot I more than you good... would expect. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. they really do the bike stuff to the point where you're like, well, now you're just showing off. <laughs> I have heck? no idea how you did this. It's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, the first time you see Kermit the Frog on a bike, yeah, it was just <gasps> like God bless Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But no one, no one saw Star Wars. And went how the hell did they well i didn't feel that way about seeing kermit on a bike really because oh. emmett otter's christmas oh. during my christmas had him on a bicycle okay so i'd already seen it so All i wasn't right. like oh i've never seen this before sure okay i'll give you so the audience uh, in in my theater was very impressed oh yeah i mean it's a great sequence but it's just i was like well i've seen this but here's the impressive part of it is it's outdoors whereas emmett otter was clearly done on a sound stage yeah. so it's easier to do the bicycle stuff like have a gurney you know above whereas in that movie they had some sort of like truck driving with a crane over top of a bike so that they you know so they could have the uh, the puppeteer obviously Jim Henson controlling the the riding from above it's pretty that's impressive that mm. is impressive but it's just I'd seen the bike thing before so I wasn't like oh, I've never seen anything like this I really like the description Frank Oz did about like how everything was really really hard and mm-hmm. then the interviewer was asking like saying like that was a negative it's like no that's just how it was yeah yeah we did, we, it was very very difficult yeah, yeah. that's fine because we're we're doing what we love and we're making yeah. the good things, so you don't mind that doing hard work for it was something that's ch- really great. Challenges, and it was also interesting to hear him say like they got to have a break, but Jim Henson worked seven days a week on the as you know in the Muppets. Yeah, you know because he had to do the editing and, and things on the weekends. He's one of the few people that I deeply regret never meeting. I would love to have met him. Well, he's it's interesting with Jim Henson that he's he's interesting even before the Muppets. He's interesting because I remember like okay, you know the. You know, do you know Raymond Scott? He he wrote Powerhouse, which you do know because you've seen Warner Brothers movies. It's the song that goes dun 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 He was a long time like jazz musician, but he wasn't really a jazz musician because he his all his songs were 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 composed, and so the the everyone played a part. They didn't have like solo areas, but it was done in kind of a a swing style. And then, but in the 50s he started like experimenting with electronic uh, equipment and he started doing like actual electronic music and did that in the 60s and he worked with Jim Henson on these shorts and stuff like that that where Jim Henson would make little short movies using music that uh, Raymond Scott had had done uh, had composed electronically and so it's just these kind of curious things that where he's working on stuff yeah. together. And the one that he did, this, I think it's called The Cell or whatever, the, like the room with the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was done in the 60s before like Muppets so were even a thing. And it's really interesting. And I'm and trying to remember what creative the, what the film he did that was like something time where it's like it's 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 to a metronome and all this stuff. And he's like flying with these wings and all this other stuff. Mm. It's like this. Oh, damn. I forget. Sorry, it's like out of time or about time okay. or something like that. But it's a short film he did. And it's just so good and so mm. dark. But yeah, you're right. The 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 short the sh- not wasn't a short it was like a show but yeah a guy who's trapped in a room and all yeah. this he's trying to escape but all this stuff happens and it's got like such a dark ending such an incredibly yeah. dark ending that was yeah. just so chilling yeah and I'm like oh yeah <laughs> so yeah he was just creating all this great stuff I mean the Muppets were just a small part of of things he could do and his death was so sad and unfortunate just uh, basically one of the early victims of of the flesh uh, flesh eating of whatever it's called fasciitis yeah he didn't uh, he didn't get treatment early early enough where because he was one of those people that wouldn't go to the hospital mm-hmm. so my advice well, lots of us would make that mistake because it was him it was just a cold no you know? i understand but just basic that was a thing of him like he would yeah. not go to the hospital because he was a workaholic yeah so like he would work through illness yeah and my advice 
take this advice from Jim Henson <laughs> retroactively, you're feeling ill. Yeah. Feeling off. Mm-hmm. Get checked out. Yeah. Like I understand. The the tough the tough guy thing is to just work through it. Yeah. And I'll I'll shake it off. Sometimes you don't shake it off. Go check mm. go check it out. I There's was... a reason medical science has worked towards this <laughs> shit. Let let them help you. Mm. Otherwise, you're a sad Frank Oz telling a story in the future. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I'm one of those people who work through illness, too. Yeah, I don't. don't. I don't want to be your Frank Oz. <laughs> don't be my Frank Oz. I haven't, don't think I've been to the doctor in maybe five years. Oh, you should go to the doctor. Probably should get a checkup. Yep. Get the finger up the butt. They don't have to do that anymore. You can pay for a, for a test, blood test. Oh, I thought... <laughs> you just pay, go to any corner, any street corner, and pay yeah, someone. Gonna, like, you don't to have do to. You. you don't have to, you don't have to do that anymore. That. Yeah, okay. To, yeah. Fair just enough. Just go to, go to any street corner and pay someone. They'll do it for you. Yeah. They'll just do it. It feels good. They'll tell you. Are you telling me that you don't have to get a prostate exam anymore? You do get a prostate exam, but you can pay uh, and you get a, a, a marker test and it'll check for uh Instead of a prostate markers. exam? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's an option. I think we might have some uh, male listeners, so we should, uh, should mention double check that. on that. <laughs> You've never, you never heard no, of that? No, I've never heard of that. Oh, okay. All right. I'll, That's I'll, a, last time I had blood test done, I also had that. I had a heart test done and... and uh, and the markers that okay and you have to pay for it, it the t- it's still not co- it's not covered under our like our medical health plan mm-hmm. but it's like twenty dollars to thirty dollars oh, to get okay. it done so what the hell good deal yeah beats a finger yeah depends um <laughs> depends how your day is going yeah uh if you need to, if you need to wake up Boop. say you're out of coffee i always knew i always knew that my doctor hated doing it oh mine too mine yeah. just like let let you know and it's like mm-hmm. well i don't either this is what you get paid for, Jack. We all have parts of our job we're not yeah. we're not on board with. Yeah. Or Jill, in my case. Yeah, you yeah. knew. Yeah, that's right. You knew how this was going to mm-hmm. go down. Sure. Don't don't. Yeah, this was part of it. Don't give me the two. Still, I think that, I think she really liked that this came in, and I th- supposedly it's better than good. I think. I'm all f- I'm all for that. I'll yeah. uh, I'll ask you more about that so, later on. Which I'm surprised that they didn't bring that in sooner because you know e- individual cancers have their own. Their own, they leave their own traces, like protein traces, in yeah. in the bloodstream. Like you couldn't, and like I remember when I was talking about, you know, having to go through blood tests for checking if when my was if I had gone out of remission after after my cancer uh, treatments. Um, and people would say, well, why don't they do that for everyone? Well, just because the amount of blood they'd have to take would kill you, because there's so many tests they'd have to do, yeah. looking for different markers. Like mine had a a recognizable trace after they knew what I had, but it would be hard to track, you know all the different possibilities right. in every person. And so you just have to keep your eyes open for, for you know, which, like you say, go to the doctor if you feel off. Yeah. And, um, which I did at the time. And also, know. just go to the doctor for your regular checkups. Well, let's not get, let's not get preachy. They're free. Just <laughs> for no. us, they are. For us, yeah. 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 Um, and if you're with some insurance, go. If yeah, you have some insurance, go. yes. Make sure you go to the doctor. Yeah. Don't be, don't be Dave. Look, I understand back in the day, uh, waiting rooms were terrible. Yeah, your McLean's magazines, they were out of date. <laughs> it was annoying. I, I get like, it. I like McLean's. It's fine. You like McLean's. Great. I'm sure you like McLean's toothpaste, too. You like all the Canadian <laughs> things. Good for you. Um, I don't remember. You know what McLean's they make the toothpaste, toothpaste out of? The ground-up magazines. <laughs> well, it sell. tasted like it. That is what, that's, the, that's my very old Canadian joke. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you for that. Yeah, what they're saying is it's McLean's flavored, what you don't see. Mm. Uh, but nowadays, yeah. you've got your phone. You can check with the world. So your waiting room time, yeah. it's just peaceful time. Get a sure. book. What a delightful time. Oh, i got to wait an hour. Do you? Do you have to sit for an hour <laughs> quietly? Is that not the best? Isn't that not worth a finger up the butt just to get like an hour's peaceful sure. reading time? Yeah. And no yeah. one's going to say to you, what are you doing at the waiting room? 
you, you lazy. Like, no, they're going to go, clearly he's waiting for the doctor. Yeah. This is the right thing for him to do. That's no one's going to judge him. That's a good place to just go sit and read. Lovely. I should have thought of that when I sold books. Mm. Like, nice place to I'm probably going to go and I'm going to slip a couple of sparks into different waiting rooms. <laughs> Why? Because I want to sell books. It is selling. It's selling. It's doing books. real well. We'll see. I don't know how it's doing. Haven't oh, got we, haven't got it. we haven't got our... But it is... But you you're right, got you're your, right that it has gone... It's gone from... It went off the charts for like two weeks. Then it's it off came, the charts. Yeah, which is not great. Because oh. that means it's off the charts. Oh, okay. uh, but then it came back and it was number 10 on the kids, Canadian, it was CBC Kids yeah, yeah. Books List. Yeah. Number 10. Then the next week, it's number 8. Yep. Then it was, now it's number 6. Okay. And if these trends continue, yeah. I don't know what will happen. It'll be off the charts. It'll be off the charts again. It'll go back down again <laughs> and it'll go off. I was actually worried for a while because I, I kept checking on Amazon CA to see like how it's doing on there. Yeah. And it wasn't selling for like two weeks. It's been like sold out. Okay. But it's back. Okay. So good. And and it's they it feels like they buy six copies at a time because I can it, see well, like thing, six copies left, three copies left, two could, copies people left. People could also be ordering it and waiting for it to come in because you Possibly. can order it and then when it comes in they send it to you. So. That is true. But I like so. the immediacy of like knowing oh, people can get it yeah, right yeah. away. Oh sure. I understand. Yeah. I understand. But I mean that's not necessarily on them. It's also, you know, it's how the distribution system works. So I'm the obsessive. Just, Here's we, the thing. I have never had children. So this is my <laughs> first kid, right? Yes. And you know, with your first kid, you pay that extra attention and yeah, see where they are at all times. So I may be it. at two in the morning checking libraries and seeing if the book is checked out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I might be doing that. And the answer is, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. That's we good. got a little bit of fan art the other day, which was that nice. That was really nice, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was nice. Not only was it fan art, it was like original fan art. He took, he took some... some Elements of the story, and yeah. he made his own little kind of... Did a little, uh, little in-between scene, yeah. His own little idea of it. Yeah. And we've been getting some nice short videos of uh, kids reading the book or reading it's books nice. to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I like that in this one really sweet um, a video of like a, I think, brother reading it to a brother, uh, Nina pointed out that the, their shirts were on backwards or something. <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, there person, you go. The, per- the videographer wanted you to see the fronts of their shirts. Was it just for legal reasons? Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, my my friend was saying. Uh, he said, "I really appreciate everyone has an individual voice because he re- he's, he's reading it to his his son, mm. and he of course you know so he liked the fact that there's a a girl cat and a boy cat, and then Robo litter box, <laughs> robot voice. He just liked the fact you know so he liked that everything had its individual voice and it made it easy to read." Yeah, that's a good point. Here's here's what I'm uh, seeing on the Goodreads, because that's like a review site. Uh, you're getting a lot of this, which is just like, oh, this is a hilarious story of this, that, and the other. Uh, top-notch, good writing, really uh, fantastic art, uh, lots of laughs, good times, three out of five stars. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, the one, the one I like. Let's just like, put it this way. It's no holy Bible. That's That's right. I've got notes. Um, <laughs> there was one I liked, which was like, uh, this wasn't uh, this book wasn't for me, but it made my nine year old uh, laugh to the point of tears. So that's a good thing, right? That, was, <laughs> that is a good thing. Yeah, so that was a four out of five star review. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah. That's pretty fair. Look, the more reviews you get, and we've got a lot of reviews, which is really nice. Yeah. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. The more it's going to be less than the yeah you know the real you know the extremists uh going for the thing mm-hmm. but you know the occasional five-star review does feel nice for sure yeah it sure does you earned it oh bless you're right up there with it's the all about bottle. the coloring <laughs> it's not about the coloring yeah we got a thing today uh in 
We've got all our variant covers now for Exorcisters, which is coming out in October. Nice, the nice. Giselle, uh, Legacy. Yeah. I'll send you uh, that because, uh, my gosh, those covers look great. Oh, cool. It's a real encouragement to uh, to write better when you see, like, amazing art. <laughs> You're like, oh, geez, I got up my game. Up my game. Up my game. That's fair. Yep. That's nice. Now, now, David, are there any other topics you want to discuss before we go to music land? Because we're at one hour and 15 had, minutes okay. of fun. Because I had something that was probably going to take a while to talk about. Go for it. Well, I just wanted to ask your opinion of this whole cake decision. The Supreme Court. Oh, okay. Colorado. All right. Do you have, a, do you have an opinion before we begin? Yeah, I have a strong opinion. About it. All <laughs> right. Well, why, why more don't of you a puzzled opinion. Why don't you say what, uh, what happened? Okay, well... Set the stage. Set the stage. There's Ice a, the cake. There's a bakery. Now, are you mentioning this cake thing because it's my birthday tomorrow and you wanted to subtly get into that? Mm-hmm. Did you bring me a cake? I did not bring you a cake. I'm sorry. Fuck you. <laughs> For this cake teasing nonsense. <laughs> All right. That's continue. what I'm... Well-known cake tease. That's All what right. I'm called. Um, well, okay. So, this story is of two... two gay gentlemen who wanted to get a wedding cake for their wedding okay. went to a bakery in Colorado were told that they would they could not have a custom cake made for them the owner would not make a cake for them he would give them a cake sell them a cake off the shelf but would not make a custom cake for their wedding right they were very upset about it and let him know uh i guess he was fined uh, under, uh, for discriminate for discriminatory practices by okay. the, by the government of Colorado in some way i don't know if it was municipal or the city I really don't know that part of it very well. Okay. They challenged this. They were given. A, they got a lot of money from people around America. I assume there's a there there's some sort of some sort of evangelical people, mm-hmm. and so they got a lot of money. So they challenged this in court. And from the cake boss, I assume. The cake boss came in. He he gave a lot of money on both sides. Cake yeah. boss wants to cover the uh, he's, spread. Yeah, he's he's a cake gambler. Yeah, and so it went all the way to the Supreme Court of the United States of America. You know, this august body of, of ladies and gentlemen, four women. I don't know how many people are. <laughs> is it 11 people? On the Supreme Court? Supreme Court. That's an excellent question. I don't really I know. I think there's nine, but I don't oh, know. Oh, is it nine? I, no, I know it can't be an even number because then you end up with problems. I just know Ruth Bader Ginsburg's there and she's pretty great. Ruth Bader is one of them? Yeah. Uh, Got to see that movie about her now that I'm thinking about it. Is it John Thomas? Is that the name of the guy who's like the chief justice? I think that's a name for a penis, is your John Thomas. I would, is that what you're thinking? Well, whoever it is, he's a dick. But anyway, so the so it went all the way to the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. and I was surprised that they decided to hear this case because they didn't have to hear it, but they did. Do they get free cake when they get to hear it? You know what? They could probably there, write off the cake they ate that day. May have been some cake bribery mm-hmm. going on here, and uh, they decided uh, five to two that it's okay for for people who own stores to not sell their products to people they don't like. Not sell. Okay, I don't know if it was not sell, right? It was not... Is it not sell? Because he said he would sell the cake. He wouldn't sell the cake. He would not make a cake for them. He would sell them... Oh, one off the uh, shelf. Uh, one off the shelf. So he would not... Okay, So it's you. still, to me, it's still... He would not do a custom cake. He would not make a custom cake for but these But he was people. not discriminating against them as in, like, they couldn't come in and buy they can, a cake. They, yeah, that's right. They could come okay. in and buy a cake, but... Right. And I believe Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was one of the two that was opposed. I yeah. forget who the other person was, but yeah. yeah okay. All right. So he is. So his reasons for this are are they religious reasons? Yes. So is this? So they were they were arguing this as a religious freedom issue, or were they arguing this as just a straight out freedom issue of uh, uh, a, a business person should not be obligated to serve uh, everybody? Yeah. Don't have to serve everybody. I I don't know what the exact thing is. I, I didn't hear about it this until just 
this yesterday that it was even a thing. Right. So I was just, uh, maybe I don't, I'm not on Twitter enough. Now, anyway, I was just read about it and I was just like, well, this seems very, a very strange ruling to me. Okay. Because it feels like it's opened up a can of worms that I don't know how you put the lid back on it. Right. In terms of w what isn't discrimination, how can we control like what stores will not sell to what people? Yeah. Is it only gay people? Is this what it's for? Like, so only I'm, gay people I'm cannot not a be big, sold Yeah, I'm to... not a big slippery slope argument fan. I like to normally talk about the thing itself. But, you know, because because same-sex marriage is such a new thing yeah. to people, mm -hmm. um, you know, how about, how about you know, I, this is, I'm playing houseabouts. Sure. Um, so, uh, oh, you're a mixed-race couple. No. Oh, your husband's Jewish. No. I'm not going to do it. I'm not gonna if you're if you're marrying a Jewish guy as a Christian, uh, no, because your kids are gonna go to hell. Uh, that yeah, that yeah. that offends my belief, and I'm just worried about your children going to hell. So yeah, I'm yeah. just saying, as a Christian, it's what I believe. Sure. So I can't. I'm not gonna make you a cake. Will, does this open the door for that? Like now, you could do that, or well, just race. That's a question. That I, you know, I just wonder, like, if it's a, on religious grounds, it seems to me it would be harder to argue. It would be harder to argue racial discrimination on religious grounds than it is to argue uh, against homosexuality because there are passage, passages in the Bible that could be interpreted as being against homosexuality. Could you then, not sell a cake to a woman then? I'm sure you could really dig around in there and 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 uh, you know find find a reason why uh, you know you couldn't uh, you couldn't have a woman order you to make a cake. Well, that's the thing. Like, so do lesbians fall outside of this? This religious ban because it doesn't it doesn't it mentions men and but not if, women and if for some reason they want like you to make a Wiccan cake and you can't suffer a witch to live mm -hmm. do you have to then kill the person in your store yeah. that uh, that then just ordered a cake because yeah. that's going to get messy yeah yeah that's a problem sure well you just bake them into a cake do you know what their argument was for I, don't. I actually I actually don't uh, yeah me neither What's maybe the... I shouldn't have brought this up when I'm coming from such a from such a new know nothing I mean I just brought it up to know, see what if you had been reading about it so. uh I'd only on the surface of it mm. and they aired on this not aired but they ruled on yeah on the side of the free freedom of a company to do what they want as opposed to you know uh it, and it's oh, it's a it's a tricky one like I'm obviously see... on the surface you're like well, make the cake, you shithead. Yeah, yeah. You know, just make the fucking cake. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is the law of the land. Yeah. Uh, that's what America is right now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so stop it. But how about this? So someone, someone says to you, uh, I'd like you, Dave, I want you to make a cake for me. Oh, I'd love to make a cake for you as a cake making guy. Yeah. And they go like, all right, I'd like you to make this cake and it's a pro, a political party that I am, uh, radically opposed to. Mm. But it's for my, it's a, for a celebration. Uh, for, we're all, all across the street. We're 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 the political yeah, party there. Yeah. I want you to put our uh, information on the cake and make America great again, <laughs> make America cake again, and I want you to do that. And we're going to send over there. Yeah. Now, can you then go, sir? I disagree. Yeah. And I say no. Is that uh, is it's totally legal for them to be that political party? Can you yeah. can you do that? Can you do that? Well, it's totally legal for two gay people to marry. That's what I mean. It's legal. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, but could you object to, I'm not making a cake for, I've got the right to not make a cake for something that I strongly disagree with politically. Like, I understand. And, the, and yeah, your beliefs yeah. are legal. Yeah. Absolutely. 100% legal. Mm -hmm. uh, or for, say, a corporation that you disagree with. Yeah. And you're like, you know, Philip Morris wants you to make a cake for them to celebrate something and, and do the Philip Morris logo and put a pack of smokes on there, like made of icing. And we're going to do that. And, and that's all legal. So yeah, yeah. Uh, can you then, do you have the right to say, I, I have the right to control my own business and do, and, 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 and do, do this? Yeah, it's a tough. That's a tough one for me. Well, maybe that's the thing there because 
we wouldn't we wouldn't be opposed to them if someone said you know what i really i don't i'm really against smoking i think it's really bad for you and i'm not going to make a cake for for this philip morris company mm -hmm. like none of us would say oh that's terrible that they they don't want to do that and so do we then give the same latitude to people who will to like a jerk who won't make a cake for a gay couple mm -hmm. like then we're just kind of like well if we're going to apply that to someone who will make a cake for for a cigarette company because they disagree with it does someone who disagrees with the idea of gay marriage do they also get mm -hmm. this sa same thing like it is but to me that feels like one case it's one case it's ugh, it's so how about this it's you, not you're not discriminating against a cigarette company like you, you're not discriminating against a cigarette company by no, not but you're making a, cake a choice it. as to what you will what you will work on yeah. and what you won't as someone who makes cakes uh, you only have so many hours in the day. You can make so many cakes. Yeah. So you got to make a choice as to what cakes you're going to make, what cakes you're not going to make, unless yeah. this person has tons of free time and could make the fucking cake. Yeah. Um, but so you make a choice as to what you're going to work on and what you're yeah. going to do. Yeah. Do you have any right to make a choice as to what you're going to work on? Or mm. are you now obligated to make a cake of anything that is yeah. legal sure. that someone comes in, you know, mm, do like uh, obviously, you know, with the civil rights movement. Uh, can African Americans sit at a lunch counter? Yes, yeah. you can. And they would have gone with the argument that uh, no, it's my business. I own this business. Yeah. I got the right to refuse anyone. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we got the right to refuse service. That's what the sign says. Yeah. I've got the right to do that. But you don't have the right to refuse service uh, because someone is, you know, African American. Yeah. You can't do that on the basis of race. And that's where this comes down to it. Like, you do have the right to to do what you want to do, but. If the reasons are something that's discriminatory, do you have the right to discriminate? I would say probably not, because that falls under discrimination, like just yeah. straight up discrimination, um, more than deciding to do something for politics, you know, anti that's anti your politics or yeah. other beliefs. You know, if, if if you're a if you're a vegetarian and a cake you know, having is like meat rules, you know. I think you should be able to be able to say no to that. Yeah. If you want. But what would what would you feel? Oh man, I feel like I'm feel like I'm just trolling. But what would you say to, about say a black person who would then go to like a well known restaurant, say where like sort of clan people would be, not that they're dressed in their sheets and stuff like that, but just mm -hmm. that you know that's the attitude of this restaurant, right? And they're going to go in there and they're just going to make a point of going into this restaurant. And that sounds in like there. the '60s, okay? Sounds like the '60s, yeah. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. So you go in there. Yeah. And that's part of your. Yeah. Is that's how things change? Yeah, yeah, you do that. And so these, so these people go into a cake shop. Mm -hmm. They must have known that these people were were fun, the evangelicals. Possibly, you know, if they look in the yellow pages and it has that little fish logo. <laughs> yeah, they might like, think oh. they're a fan of the band Fish. <laughs> they're a fan of the band Fish, right? And so they they got or, really high and they went in. Yeah, yeah. So they went in there and uh, they expected to hear like long solos, mm -hmm. and so they got told they're not going to make a cake for them. Um, yeah, it's so. Yeah, they could be. They could be doing the lunch counter thing. Mm -hmm. They could be going in, and they could be doing this yeah. to make a point. That's right. Absolutely, that could be. And you know, at the same time, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, not only is there nothing wrong with that, that's how every civil right was granted <laughs> in America. <laughs> that's right. Like when women wanted the right to vote, yeah. it wasn't like we'd like the the vote. Sounds good, sister. <laughs> you got it. It's like no. They were pains in the ass, and yeah, they would yeah. show up places they no one wanted them, yeah. and they would sit in, and yeah. they'd slow things down, and be like, "Oh, come on, stop yeah. it!" But yeah. that's every civil right. Sure, sure. You know, you're right. You're right. This is this is how things change, and this is how America works. Yeah, when it's working for for the best. But you know, again, because we're in such crazy times. Well, that's part of it too. Is the sense of you know amongst 
it feels like, and I'm just going to say this because I know people who are evangelicals. It feels like they're getting crazier. They're not getting calmer. Like the fact that they are making inroads into the into our culture and have and getting getting their way, mm-hmm. you know, bit by bit, they're rolling back, they're rolling back the clock. Pretty soon we'll be, you know, looking at each other in amazement that there's wheels, you know, like we just we'll be, go go back in time so far that we'll be surprised by fire. Um, but they're really what happy. What I've heard is fire good but burn. <laughs> that's right, and. <laughs> So there's, there's, there's arguments on both sides sure, for it. That's right. There's fine arguments for fire mm-hmm. on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. And I have the right to, to discriminate against who I will light on fire. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to light as any person on fire. No, of course not. You know, be a flaming idiot. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, instead of being like happy that they're making these, it's like they're, they're like in a panic that that's going to be taken away from them. Mm-hmm. And it's this weird like ownership of this horrible thing that they're creating for us. Thanks, folks. Uh, yeah, it just feels really. I think I think there's a strange, thing with evangelicals strange, right strange. now where here's here's what's here's what's happened is they had a nice narrative going on for a while there where it was uh, you know Obama's for at least the Obama years which okay. is just like oh man this lefty he's gonna come for your guns <laughs> yeah he's gonna come for your guns so you guys get ready get ready because he's coming for your guns but it's like you know who the enemy is so you're comfortable so you're like all right he's gonna come we're gonna watch him because he's gonna come for your guns and so it's like yeah you're comfortable there's yeah. comfortable in knowing who the enemy is yeah you know there's comfort in a cold war there's comfort it's like I know who it is I'm not worried about someone sneaking up behind me yeah and then and then it's like uh, well Trump's Trump's now uh, you know in in charge and and they're in charge of Congress and you know it's like oh oh okay so now it's our, it's our time to shine great who am I afraid of now wait uh huh what and now you don't have your enemy so yeah. you're nervous so yeah. you're like we sh- we got we got we got to do stuff and then the the guy who should be on your side. I think deep down, you know, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. This guy <laughs> isn't really because, yeah. you know, he he said... He just he was, blows whatever the way the wind blows. That's right. He at one point said, you know, we should just take away guns and then figure things out later. Yeah. I, he said that. on. He said exactly what they were afraid of Obama doing. It was like, what? What? Did he just say that? No, no, he changed his mind the next day. Well, that doesn't make me comfortable at all. So they're like, okay, now's the time when we should be doing something. But I don't have an enemy, so now I'm freaking out. So now I'm seeing enemies everywhere, so now I'm paranoid. I think that's that's what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to feel that way, well, I don't say we, me, when when Trump's gone. Because right now there's such an enemy that I think one side is like, uh, you know, I wouldn't even say left because I don't think Trump's a left or right thing. He's just his own fucking kleptocracy. Yeah. But like, uh, I think once he's gone, it's going to be really weird for whoever comes in next because we're going to be all, what? The, the big bad will be gone. Yeah. We're going to have still that hyper preparedness but nothing to and so we're it's just going to spread out we're going to start eating each other i'm pretty sure yeah it's just going to start going going in lots of weird crazy directions and then we're going to be the nuts but who do you see as being like freaking out right now like evangelical wise oh yeah i just think they are like they're do you think they're comforted then by like the ruling on the cake do you feel it's like oh good it's yeah yeah no that's they're happy about it of course they are they're super excited about that yeah you know it's the government, the government, the Supreme Court is invalidating the idea of gay marriage to them. Is validating it, yeah. Invalidating. What, what's the difference between invalidating and validating? Validating is saying it's okay. Oh, I see. I'm sorry. You va- I thought Court you were validating, is... I thought validating their argument against. Yeah, yeah, sorry. In- invalidating the idea that gay marriage is, is, is a real thing. I don't think they're saying that. No, no, I know they're not. Yeah. To evangelicals, this ruling is so exciting to them because they can, you know, they can now, it, they can pretend that it's not a real thing, hmm. you know. 
like to them, it's yeah. not a real thing, right? This does. It's, it's Adam and Eve, yeah. not Adam and Steve. This I believe so, you've heard that. Yeah, this so feels like I've got notes on that. Um, <laughs> this so feels like something that will be overturned, like right, pretty, pretty not if not soon, eventually. This kind of thing. Um, Hopefully, but well, Supreme just, Court rulings are hard to overturn, I believe, because you have to have the Supreme Court overturn its own ruling. Oh, true. So, but that just means you need new yeah. members of the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court is only going to get more conservative over the next little while. So. But isn't it amazing that America has same-sex marriage? Like, you just go, like, that happens so fast. Yeah. So fast. That, like, you know, attitudes, attitudes do change. And I also think a lot of this is just this generation will then uh, move on. And, like, I think... I think the younger generation, even in the more conservative uh, no. states, no. I do, I do think so because, no. yeah, because they're just no. they're exposed to so much. No, they're not exposed to it. Yeah, they are. No, they're homeschooled. It doesn't matter. They don't. They're not exposed to any of that. It doesn't stuff. matter. It they're doesn't not matter part of. They're not part of your culture. No, no, no. It's not. My, it's not my culture. There's not the culture anymore. There's. Acts, they don't, they're not on Twitter. Yeah, they are. They're not on Facebook. Yes, they are. They're not. Yes, they are. They are not. No, I get you're saying that. They're they, not. But they are. They're not allowed to be. I know, I know people like this. I know they're not allowed. I know people like this. I understand they're not allowed. They do not exist in our world. No, I get it. I understand. Okay. So you but they're, But they're going to, at some point, be exposed to it. And then it's so saturated. Yeah. That, and, and, the, and, and if I think that the more appealing idea is the inclusiveness over the exclusiveness because you're going to run because reality mm. leans towards that the only way that you can have that kind of prejudice for your whole life is to never be exposed to anything else and yes if you just stay in your cul-de-sac forever yeah. yes you could do that mm -hmm. but i only think there's so many cul-de-sacs it's just so hard to uh, you know, keep them down on the farm now that they've seen Paris. When Paris <laughs> has spread so many some places, of them, some of them will be like that. But it's a very closed culture, very closed yeah, culture. I'm sure it's a closed culture. They yeah. go, f they go from homeschooling, yeah, to a Christian right college, yeah, where they they get more inculcation sure. into this whole thing, right? They don't go to regular universities. They mm -hmm. don't go. To, they don't live a regular life, right? You know, like they just they live in a very closed place. Yeah, and I, and I and know there are there are people like that, but I think that the way and they believe crazy things. Understood. And the way you believe cancer isn't real because the way you believe crazy things is you is you stop the exposure to other things. And to me, it's like this enormous tide coming in and going like, we're going to stop this information wave and we're going to keep our children protected. It's like yeah. saying like, I'm not going to let my child see pornography mm -hmm. until they're 19. Yeah. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Sure. Bon chance, mon yeah. ami. You know, it's not going to it's not going to happen. They're, not, they're going to be exposed at some point to these ideas. And also, even if mm -hmm. you're not exposed culturally to stuff, yeah. some kids around you are going to be gay. They're gonna be gay, sure, and that's gonna come out at some point, mm -hmm. and 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 it's gonna be a horror show for some of them, and I understand that, but it's but you're also gonna go like, oh, I know this person. Well, they're gay. Well, they're not a monster. Well, that's just the you've got to have that constant. Infusion. Well, they're not monsters to them. They're just not. They just shouldn't be married, hmm. and they shouldn't be gay. Right. It's a, it's against the Bible. Right. But the problem is, you will then have seen. They still love them. No, I I see you. They just they just don't love the sin. You that's, understand? Yeah, that's that. right. Which is great when you're talking philosophy <laughs> and theoretical stuff. Uh -huh. But when the, it's like going, you, you know what? Uh, mm. uh, dogs, dogs. You know, it's it's the dogs can't look up thing. 
It's like, I believe dogs can't look up. That's great. Which all works until you see some dogs. Yeah. And you see them looking up. The end. It's like, you know, you go, a gay marriage is a sin. Same-sex marriage is a sin. Mm-hmm. And it's all this stuff. And then at some point in your life, because you're going to live in the world, because uh, you have to go get food at some point, you're going to go like, oh, wait a minute. That doesn't make fucking sense. Because clearly... You know, people have I been, like your pe- optimism. People have been, it's not even optimism. It's just the way I like your optimism. The way things are. Oh boy. You know, there are still some people who listen. My sister's marriage is a mixed race marriage, yep. and there still are the rare, usually older people yep. who will say a side word about that stuff. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority of sure. people, it's so overwhelmingly. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, that it's that it's fine. Sure, you know, so you can focus on those people or whatever. But they're they're a losing battle. Yeah, but they're not a voting block. Yeah, that's well, that's a different thing. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like we have to find a way of getting people to vote because I don't think people feel that voting has the same impact as tweeting mm. or anything else. Yeah. They don't feel that kaboom when they <laughs> when they when they when they do that yeah and yeah. we've i think i think people have lost faith in voting mm. and uh the people of faith have not lost faith in voting because <laughs> they've had success in it sure. and so that is the problem yes and cynicism stops you from voting so very you can't powerful be block yeah uh yeah we'll see I what just... happens in ontario tonight we don't know you do future people i uh who yeah, knows they look... could have another fucking ford in there we don't know oh, no. that could happen oh no I, uh, the uh yeah it's just weird like i just you know a little while ago i just experienced the horror of of an older guy telling telling me i have don't have any problem with gay people <laughs> so somebody and tells then you went that, and you went high five brother and then you walk away <laughs> that's, that's how you do it just yeah. like let's end it there. oh no i wish high you, five and we're done wish you stopped there da, da, but da, the da, idea well we're the boys of the chorus we hope you but will. i got this neighbor oh dear and she's teaching kids in school what uh-huh and that's no good yeah these lesbians teaching kids in schools. Right. That's no good. Uh-huh. Like, wait a second. I thought you had no problem with this. Wait, what's going on here? Then having a person who's younger than you jumping on this train and agreeing with this guy. Okay. You well, know? here's the first thing I would say about that, which I was thinking. When someone goes, all right, so you're the guy. You tell me that. You're I'm the, the, you're the I got no problem guy. So I, I'll be David. Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm David. <laughs> you know, some people say my father's Gordon Lightfoot. Hello, sir. <laughs> Were you wanting to say something to me today? You know what? I got no problem with gay people. Oh, good for you, but sir. We'll me... all be going there. What? No, but you, you had more to say? But let me tell you. Oh, yeah? They shouldn't be teaching in schools. They well, shouldn't be teaching our kids yep. their way of life. You know, sir, I've got no problem with your opinion. Well, but you're a fucking idiot. I can't say that because uh, it was not a situation where no. I was allowed to make. No, I think I think, I think you can say, "Well, I've got no problem with your opinion." Yeah, and I then do. you realistically are going like, "I've got no problem with gay people, except." Uh, and I go, "I've got no problem with your opinion," except. and that's the end of it. No, except. no, you don't have to say except. <laughs> no, and it's I the can. same kind of "I've I got couldn't. no problem" because we've established what "I've got no problem" means. Yeah. Okay, now mathematically, "I've got no problem" means "I've got a problem." Yeah. So yeah. if if they say, "I've got All no right. problem with," Yeah. They say their thing. You can respond clearly with, I've got no problem with, with your opinion. And that's the end of that. And I they can go, good. but? Yeah. And they go, why, why would you say that? You've got no problem with gay people. <laughs> I've got no problem with your opinion. Yeah. We're, we're, the, we're, we're the same. Was this, was this at work or some such? I don't want to say where I was, but it's just the hope, <clears throat> just that kind of hopeless feeling you get when someone who's younger than you is like, you're just like come on. But he comes out of evangelical, this person. Yeah. So I know that. I know his way of thinking, and I just, I know. It's weird that his that... His way of, he's got a gay friend. Oh, sure. I'm sure he does. I got a gay friend. He chooses not to be gay. You know, the Lord has come into his life. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. 
like the Lord has come into his life or a lot of pressure from people has yeah. come into his life. Yeah. This poor fellow who's not allowed to be himself. Sure. Way to go, guys. And I say like, uh, yeah, I got a friend who's uh, left-handed. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. He chooses to be right-handed. Yeah. And uh, he is one hell of a surgeon that I hope works on you one day yeah. with his bad hand that he does not, <laughs> because he wants to not be using the devil's hand. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I've got a black friend. He's okay every day getting covered in a bag of flour. He's fine with that. He's perfectly fine with that walking around. Thinks it's perfectly fine. He loves it. It does. I've never heard him complain about it to me. Here's what doesn't make sense to me too, is the uh, is the is the church that believes that and go like, do you want? Well, By the way, take a drink. Okay, there you are, the siren. Not not uh, not talking about church. You think like, well, this is going to cut down on your, uh, your parishioners over time. The more that you get really hyper hyper uh you know cutting out people from society no no it's appealing to people it's appealing to people it is. yeah but like every our liberal family has our someone liberal... who's gay in it so it's just this tr- it's a tr- it's a damn trick it's a it's so hard yeah. yeah it's our liberal church has trouble attracting people like vast amounts of people we have no trouble attracting people to our church because because right. you're attractive people because we're attractive people we're very attractive but, That's what they say, attractive people attract people. But we're not going to be a mega church because we're not an exclusive club. And that's Do you think something mega that's... churches work anyway? Like, is there anything oh, no, it's Christian, a about... Yeah, is it's there a anything Christian about a mega church? Well, even worse are, are ones where you're like, oh, you go to that church. They've just opened up a new one in Surrey. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? The franchising? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. By the way, get ready for another drink because uh, another siren has gone by. Fire truck. I hope people are okay. Yeah, me too. Attending a car accident. Or some sacrilege. Attending sacrilege. Like, there's just no way that if Jesus came back, and uh, I I didn't read the New Testament, uh, but I still have notes. If Jesus Jesus came back, (laughs) Jesus Jesus would walk into a mega church and go, yes, you got it right. I really like your... uh, Yeah, everyone everyone else got it wrong. This is what I want. Mm Mm-hmm. Spent a lot of money on the building. Yep. Really get it. Really get this uh, going. Everyone up there uh, talking about getting rich. It's yeah. Good. Uh, a lot of sure. uh, you know speaking in tongues. Mm. This bang on. You exactly got my message right. Thanks, guys. This is totally good job. And then he leaves, and he sets the building on fire and locks the door <laughs> as he goes. <laughs> well, that is really scourging the temple. <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah. Woo. Oh. Uh. Not my Jesus. No, I don't yeah. know. He really inglorious bastards he really the place could, as he leaves. Really could really could do that. That would be kind of interesting. Yeah, no. No, uh, you couldn't the, be better. It's fantastic. Hey guys, I've got no problem with what you're doing here. <laughs> but did he say butt as he shut mm, the door? Mm-hmm. Click. What happened? Yeah. Whoosh. Yeah. Could be. Yes, it could be. I don't know. I don't I you know, to me it was interesting. I was listening to an interview with Paul Schrader, the director. Yeah. Wrote Taxi Driver. Directed American Gigolo and Hardcore and a lot of a lot of good films, and he was talking about he's he went back to church after many years of not going to church, and his reasons were interesting. He said, um, "He said I need an hour of boredom every week to recharge. <laughs> like I feel like I need that time." Okay, and I was like, yeah, "Well, he's right. Church is boring. That's very true. Sure. Like, I find it boring, but I go every week because I like that. I do like that time of just being in a place where you're just kind of." locked into this boring ritual you know I what like that. once again mm-hmm. i i was singing the praises of waiting rooms earlier yeah, yeah. so you're, I'm, you on, I'm on the trolley with there you. you go and uh but i also you know but he said he said he went he joined an episcopal church when he went back because he was he grew up in a very very hardcore calvinist upbringing 
You know, he wasn't allowed to see movies. He didn't see a movie until he was 17 because they weren't allowed to see movies. Mm, that's the way you make a good director We're allowed to have t- radio. We're not allowed to have a t- uh, TV set or a record player in their house. Okay. Which is terrible. But, uh, but he went to Episcopal Church because he said it was all of the ritual and none of the rules. And I, I just wanted to write to him in that moment and say, no, no, there are rules, but we just don't have a ladder of success to reach God the way that you grew up with. The idea that you had to follow these rules that are from the Bible, which they're not, by the way, mm-hmm. but from the Bible, yeah. and they tell us how to make ourselves more presentable or more appealing to God. And the more appealing you are to God, the higher you are up the ladder from everyone else until you are so close to God that you can look down on everyone else below you on the ladder <laughs> and feel very proud of yourself. But the Bible tells us there is no ladder, that we already are accepted to God. We don't have to like do anything to be acceptable to God. you know. And so the idea, so the, the rules of our church are rules of kindness and action and service. That's what we talk about. So there are rules. They're just not rules to make yourself more appealing to God. They're rules mm. of how to make yourself more appealing should, to you people. You should write them and tell them that. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, or, yeah. or say it on your podcast. There anyway. you go. I just said it. Yeah. Paul yeah. Schrader, listen to this. Hashtag now, Paul Schrader. As, as awful as it is that you weren't able to listen to any albums or see any TV or, or any movies until mm-hmm. you were 17, yeah. he did become a, a very good uh, director. Film. And he said he didn't miss those things because he had... He had his uncles and like family, and they would tell stories and sure. things, and that was and part of his And he learned upbringing. how to be a storyteller, which is yeah. great. But just imagine that you turn 18. Yeah. You have seen no movies. Mm-hmm. You've now got every great movie in the world to see. Yeah. You've got every great album to listen to. Yeah. You've got every great... I'm assuming books were limited, too, to a degree. Sure. You've got all the great novels to read. Mm-hmm. What a fucking delightful 20s you've got. You could say that, but he went kind of crazy. Oh, well, that's also possible. Taxi Driver was taken from his own diaries. Ah, well, there you go. That's great. <laughs> I was trying to think of the up, upbeat side of it. I know. Here's here's I my know. here's my general feeling so about uh, you know uh, dealing with people who have like the hateful point of views and and, and whatnot. Yeah. Is I as I think like you know uh, I I my my philosophy uh, lines up very well with um uh, with Roadhouse. Okay. Are you familiar with the movie Roadhouse? I am very familiar with the film Roadhouse. Oh, very good. Oh, very familiar with the film Roadhouse. Yeah. Okay, very good. Uh, Kip Tai was in there. Or Tiggy is in there. It was very good. Here's yeah. here's what here's what they do in Roadhouse. Uh, it's basically uh, the rules of being a bouncer at Roadhouse are uh, be nice, okay. and then if they're even uh, meaner to you, be nice, and then like they get really rude and personal. You be nice until it's time to not be nice. Mm. And that's what you do. Yeah. And you just got you 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 greet people with kindness. You, you keep keep going with kindness. You bring kindness. You and and then it's uh, really oh, well. Then we're, we're not going to be kind anymore because you know <laughs> at a certain point yeah. you got to say, listen, you have to leave Poland uh, because you know no bye. You got we got to get you out of here. We got to go. We got every got to go. And sometimes you got to like get the people out of Poland. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, in 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 all these things. Yeah. So you know. We'll be nice to that cake guy. We'll be nice to that cake guy. We'll be nice to the cake guy. Something at uh, a certain point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Time to get him out but of But let's uh, do at least three or four be nices before, because uh, mm. you get more more from that side of things. You get more, you get more, catch more flies with honey. Do you know what? That is not true. Flies love vinegar. It's true. That's what I use. Apple cider vinegar with a dot of uh, dishwashing yeah. liquid in it. Put All the people Saran that say that it. bullshit about uh, poke, poke it with yeah. poke a few flies in it. love vinegar, you so your philosophy is a joke. Yeah, uh, whoever yeah. said that, it's true. All they right. should say you catch more people with honey than you catch than than with vinegar. But if you put the honey and vinegar, vinegar together, you got the basis of a really good salad dressing. Pull dill in there, or a good uh, good like barbecue sauce. Oh, a nice barbecue sauce. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd 
That would be good. Now I'm getting hungry. Um, <laughs> so let's listen to our music this let's week. Let's see some music. All right. So uh, this week. Because it's every other week now. Yes. David, spin in the hits. Spin. All the hits. Spin in the hits. Are this, thrown away. This is going to be a this bit of a. This is B-sides. It's going to be a bit of a mess this week because I, oh, I, I went no. through this last night and I fell asleep. <laughs> so this is songs to sleep to. Songs to now. Now the the idea behind this is uh, you are our, our listeners uh, give a theme mm-hmm. and then give us a song on that theme yep. and then Dave comes up with uh, music. Uh, yep. Some of which you probably have not heard before. Maybe you have if you're into you know music very deeply. Uh, but you'll probably be hearing some new songs with that theme. And usually there's five, but there's usually six. <laughs> so what is the theme of this week's uh, music parade? The hits on parade. The theme for this week's um, this week's hit parade is uh, horses, which I, I don't know if you can guess who, who suggested that. As well, we've theme. got a lot of naysayers in the audience. We do, we do have a lot of naysayers. Thank you for that joke. That was rough. Um, <laughs> that makes no sense. I know. That makes no sense. I just, I just like that you like that joke so much I had to say it. Uh, so, um, yeah, my wife suggested this as a as a as a possibility, okay. and uh, I'm gonna say that her and her suggestion was um, wild horses will not drag me away. From no, you. not wild horses by Rolling Stones. No, okay. it was not. It was not wild. No, no, fire. I wasn't thinking that. Oh, that, okay, that was sorry. a different one. It was that wild horses will not drag me away. It was Gino Vanelli. The 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 wild horses song that you were thinking of because it's weird because. Those are basically the same lyrics as the Rolling Stones song, which well, is Wild it's an, it's, it's an old uh, phrase. Couldn't drag me away. Yeah. You know, that's funny. That was one of the, a song that I... Wild horses couldn't drag a Rolling Stone away. Rolling Stone away. It would all be rolling. It would seem like it'd be so easy for those wild horses to drag something like that away. Because <laughs> it obviously can still, can roll already, right? Just the sure. physics. It's me away, but... Uh, oh, very good. Sorry. Uh, it's... um. Yeah, that song meant a lot to me when I was when I had cancer. Strangely enough. Oh, is that right? I would listen to it a lot. The Rolling in the Stones version, yeah, not yeah. the Gino Vanelli. Not the Gino Vanelli version. I never heard that, but because uh... then I'd know you were sick if you were just listening <laughs> to Gino Vanelli over and over again. Just like guys, you're not really hearing it. Listen, listen to the listen. <laughs> Very true, but I did not choose that song for the list, even though that song has a lot of meaning for me because right. of that. Uh, uh, I think that song is rather well known. I'm going to suggest that a lot of people have heard that song. No, I was going to say that the song that Lisa uh, would suggest as a as a horse song would be "Bring On the Dancing Horses." Oh, I like that Echo, song. Echo and yeah, the Bunnymen like from their from their final album. Is it as the original Echo and the Bunnymen? What uh, John Hughes movie is that from? Is it Pretty in Pink? Don't know. I think it's Pretty in Pink. Okay. Yeah, I've not seen that movie i had the album and you know what i don't know if i've seen the movie either but i know i had the album <laughs> you had that one? no yeah. i used to buy a lot of soundtracks yeah yeah hmm. interesting so occasionally people go like how do you know that song it's like because it was on a soundtrack to a movie in the 80s and that's how i know <laughs> all right that's how i know heaven 17 <laughs> heaven 17 yeah, yeah that's because it was on electric dreams okay. the yeah. soundtrack oh, all right all right yeah heaven 17 came they were those guys in heaven 17 were part of uh that other band, that were better band. Oh, very good. But then, then they. Uh, Thanks for listening to Vague Music Trivia. Vague music Trivia, that band. Do you did know? They, did they ever break that, up? Or are they still together? You Is know that, that guy still alive? Yeah, you know that band that I'm talking about. Of good. course, of course you do. Fantastic. Because you know. Mm-hmm. God, why can't I remember the name of that band? I don't know. Were they Heaven Sixteen? I have this crazy. <laughs> crazy block in my head which is that that band you did a song uh you know i was working as a waitress in a oh human league human league yeah yeah best song by human league fast keep feeling fascination it's a very good song it's a great song um heaven 17's name came from uh clockwork orange because it was one of the bands that were like on on the uh, top 10 list of 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 acts in the movie yeah all right not sure who was in the book though but i know it was in the movie okay 
So let's start with this song. About horses. About horses. So So are we going to start a little trot? Here's the thing. And we're going to work our way up to a gallop. Here's the thing. As I didn't really choose songs about horses. Oh, you son of a bitch. You had one job. I had one job. I chose songs that had horses or horse in the title. Okay. But I could really give one big poop whether they actually were a song that was literally about horses you know in a who barn. Who else does that? A horse. Yeah, so horses give one big poop. No, no. They give several big poops. You know what? You're a farrier. I will bow to your knowledge on horses. You've never cleaned out a horse trailer when I came back home. No, sir. I have not. Uh, so um, in the 60s... There was a there was a guy's name was Jerry Yester. Yes, that was his name. And he played in like Love and Spoonful and he played in a band, I believe he played in a band called the Modern Folk Quartet. They did a they didn't really do very much. Um, the MFQs. The MFQs, yes. They did record a song for Phil Spector, uh, a Harry Nelson song, and uh, they didn't really go anywhere and he became a a, a producer. And he did a lot of work as a producer. And he married a, a, fo- a woman who had been a longtime folk singer named Judy Hensky. And she was of that kind of, um, it was very popular sound, like woman singing sound in the early early to mid-60s was like a big voiced woman, like a like We Five had that kind of, you know, You're Always On My Mind. Sure. And um, and the woman who sang with uh, Ian Tyson, Sylvia Tyson. Okay. Also, you know, they, they had that kind of big woman's voice, like a big voice. Like when Joni Mitchell came along, the singing style changed into the 70s from that. It kind of changed, like she was kind of this sea change of, of how people sang because suddenly, you know, it was a higher pitch voice and, they, and way more up and down and, and uh, you know, and um, yeah, but, but anyway, so Judy Hensky, uh, and so they got together and I guess she was writing some poetry and she was showing it to someone and he's like, you know, you should really set these to songs. And so, so she and her husband, Jerry Esther, they got, they got together and they wrote all this, this, these songs and they recorded it for Frank Zappa's uh, Bizarre Straight label. And, um, and it was called um, Farewell, uh, Farewell Aldebaran, the, the, so the galaxy, I guess, is the Aldebaran, a galaxy right. a star. I'm not too sure what, what it really is. But anyway, I mean, if I'm saying it right, Aldebaran, Farewell. I always, just re- I always read it in my mind and make up how it sounds. It's kind of like when you read Russian names in a novel. It's kind of go, count, blah, blah, blah. Went to the window. Yep, <laughs> it's just, just moving on. I've got a visual of it. That's fine. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, so there's lots of great songs in the album, but this is a, a fun one called "Horses on a Stick." Okay. So we'll hear that now.
I should also point out that that album was produced by Zell Yanofsky, the uh, Canadian guitar player who played with Love and Spoonful. There you go. You have pointed it out. <laughs> and you just showed me the cover and said, uh, man, that's 60s. And uh, you're yes, right. It's a very 60s, very 60s cover. It's a, By the way, uh, speaking of 80s, which come after the 60s. Yep. Yes, Echo and the Bunny Man did do that song, um, Bring on the Dancing Horses uh, in Pretty and Pink. I guess it had the second to look for a song, Pretty in Pink, on it as well. Yeah, and I lied. Uh, I have seen Pretty in Pink now that I'm thinking about it. I have okay. not seen many other John Hughes movies, but I have I, Tell I, me in, va- in a vague overview of the of the plot of that film. Oh, um, uh, uh, she's uh, she's she's uh, upset. Oh, God damn it. I think it's the one with Harry Dean Stanton as her dad, if I'm remembering correctly. All I really remember is Ducky loves her. Uh, but she loves the cool guy. Who's she going to pick? Ducky or the cool guy? She ends up... Who plays... Who's who's Ducky? Ducky is John Cryer. Okay. Uh, Molly Ringwald is uh, is in every uh, one of these movies, so that's yeah, her. Yeah. I forget the handsome slab of beef who's the other guy, who's a bit of a preppy. Uh, but uh, then later on, uh, you know, she picks the she picks the good-looking guy, so, so there you go. And I think uh, Annie Potts is there as well as kind of another uh, weirdo character hmm. who's like her friend, who's a bit too old to be her friend, frankly. Yeah, I always like Annie Potts. Yeah, I, I like Annie Potts. I've uh, not seen that movie. I've seen 16 Candles, I think. Yeah, it's a different it's a different, different vibe movie. than yeah. that. And then yeah. retroactively, uh, people have been going, was Ducky gay in that movie? And, uh, and it's like, I don't know, maybe he was. Uh, should she have gone with Ducky? No, she should have. You think at the time she should have, uh, but afterwards she shouldn't have. Back to horses. Back to horses. But what horses. do you think? Post on our board. Post uh, post away. on our Pretty in podcast. <laughs> our new yeah, we're gonna do a John Hughes podcast. No, no, around. just Pretty in Pink. Just we're just I'm just gonna, gonna go over Pretty in Pink every week. Yeah, we're gonna do a minute. The Pretty in Pink minute. Just Ducky. Just Ducky. <laughs> the it. Pretty in podcast. Love it. Okay, uh, so I decided that the next song should be the unpopular choice. Because it's a song by The Fall, okay. which is pretty much guaranteed to be the unpopular Cause, choice. Because look, yep. all these other songs, you yep. are catering to popular I'm catering to popular. If there's one I thing said, that these songs are, yeah. okay, we get them. Yeah. We all know them. We're yeah. all singing along to them. Yeah. They're just too popular. <laughs> but this one, you're like, no. Nope. I'm going to bring it down a notch. I'm going to bring it down a notch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it from the well-known, you know, Judy Hensky, Jerry Esther. Sure. Everyone knows that album. Yep. Down to there was on all of our dad's shelves when we were kids. When we were kids, yeah. It was like it was like Taste of Honey, Come Fly with Me, yeah, and then uh, Super Trooper, yeah, and then that, and then our Abba's greatest hits, yeah, and then a John Denver album, yeah, and then it all smelled like sour dust, <laughs> and, then... and and then if you flipped the last one, you'd see Dad's liquor that was in the back. <laughs> That's where he hit it. So yeah, this is going to be uh, the fall, and yeah. uh, let's listen to it, and then we will uh, perhaps we'll comment after it's over. Very good. Everyone, ready? Your, everyone, please save your comments till after the song. Yeah, please, please post your comments on our new uh, podcast about John Hughes called what's it called again? Just Ducky. That's Just good. Ducky, a pretty in podcast. That's good. Okay, here we go. The song is called "Coach and Horses." It's by the Fall. I look through the eighteen sixties window.
had their plumes on again They say you can't come out Your coats and fears I swear to you every day I am to refuse They say no chemicals have been invented yet Imagine most people are saying, I couldn't understand a word he said in that song. But here's the magical thing about the fall. Sure. Even if you understood the words that he was singing, you would not understand the words that he was singing. Right on, man. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. And that you also really do understand them, though. He's, he's saying in, uh, like, the album is called Post TLC Reformation. I have no, I know, I have no idea what Post TLC means, but it means something to him. You know, because. Well, you know what TLC stands for. Tender Loving Care. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's what it is. I really don't know. It okay. could be that, but you don't know because it's Mark Marky Smith, and he he had his own language. He had his own, you know, it's just this thing. Like I, I know, like a that song is to me the, believe it or not, to me that song is a fairly commercial sounding fall song. Like a, a lot of their music is very difficult. Okay, and I'm I'll admit I can see that, that as like a heist uh, movie. I yeah, can see them planning a heist. That'd be pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's got kind of a '60s vibe that song. Uh, yeah. Even though I think he says that he's talking, singing about the 1860s. I kind of put it into a 60s vibe. Yeah, they burn him as a witch if um, you played that back then. <laughs> 1860s? Yeah. During the Victorian era, they were burning people for wit- for witchery? If they start playing rock and roll, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, it's the devil's music. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they... Well, anyway. The, um, <laughs> well, he's clearly a time traveler as well, if he's playing that with an electric guitar. <laughs> just that alone is a problem. Right, sure. He brings out the speaker. Sure. He's going to get burned as a witch. I just like that uh, this very civilized time, you're just reducing it to like people bringing everyone at for witchery it wasn't that civilized pretty civilized time if you lived in a place like england you know mm-hmm. you it's pretty civil and you start playing uh, rock and roll music in the town square yeah everyone's like you know what good on him that's fair all right <laughs> hey where's uh where's uh music coming out of oh no speaker ah oh, that's fine let's not question that <laughs> burn him as a witch who I said that I don't think who I, said that I, who yeah. said burn him as a witch <laughs> oh, no. let me to I'll let me interrupt your your uh your chronological chauvinism all right and let's carry on with the yeah the fall i i um first time i heard them was on a single that a friend she let me a box of singles that she'd i think she was in like a a singles trading club like you'd send a single to a person and then they would you know so Mm. so they would carry on so if you sent like a single a few like you'd send out five singles to five different people yeah then they would send you singles back like different singles so you'd get you'd end up like collecting different singles from from different people and so she did this, and so she had this one. It was uh, how I wrote "Elastic Man" by The Fall, and uh, I just love that song so much, and that sort of set me off on this long journey into the The Fall. The first record I bought by them was "The Wonderful and Frightening World of The Fall," which is a great album, and I really like that time period of The Fall. That was like kind of to me as their prime period. I will go happily back into the beginnings of their career when they played with sounded like they're playing toy instruments for most of the songs, and I will happily go further into their career when they're like kind of doing a different sort of sound like this kind of sound but uh, yeah i really do like them a lot and murky smith just died last year um, oh, I'm sorry, of cancer unfortunately but uh he was a long time drunken curmudgeonly english character that you could not have just couldn't exist any other time i guess but but or any other place but england for whatever reason it's a good place to be a curmudgeon it's a good place to be a curmudgeon and it's a good place to be a yeah a kind of a weird weirdo curmudgeon yeah you try to be a curmudgeon here you're just a crank mm. like how can i just be a curmudgeon 
You gotta have class. You gotta have class. You, and you have don't have the class. Well, I don't think he wasn't really a classy guy. I mean, he was a no, but you got enough class being uh, yeah. British. That, yeah. that adds enough class that it cranks your curmudgeon. He was one of those people that happened to be at the Sex Pistols gig in, Man- in, in <laughs> Manchester, the Manchester Free Trade Hall. The, it was only this amount of people, but most of them formed a band. Most of them formed a band. Yeah, Joy, <laughs> yeah, Joy Division yeah, were there. Yeah. Morrissey was there. Started the Smiths. The Buzzcocks. Mm-hmm. Buzzcocks were the ones who brought the, yeah. the Sex Pistols there. Before they were the Buzzcocks, um, <laughs> Marky Smith was there. You know, like just seemed like anyone who was there, you know, were a soup. Were just inspired yeah. to like. Start Do you think like a, music. there must have been like a couple of people there that did nothing afterwards? The, and like yeah. as time passed, you know, going, I should have formed a band. I should have really. I should have really formed a band. I really that feel was like I had some musical talent. I wasn't I a ma- musician or anything, but I really should have formed. a you band. You know what? It didn't matter. They weren't either. I don't. Marky Smith. I don't think he really played an instrument, but he. He just had a vision of what he wanted to to do, and he, you know, he made it a re- reality. You know, and he was, he's a wordsmith. You know, he was able to. Sorry, we're so busy with the sirens today, folks. No, it's the way real, it is. It's a real, it's a real siren show. Uh, and yeah, he just had a, like a real vision, and, and I just you love gone his with siren songs, but you went with siren show. It didn't, <laughs> didn't make any sense. Go continue that. <laughs> and, and he just uh, a real siren song, and I said, yeah. Yeah, siren so, show. There's no such thing but a siren song. song, song and we're doing songs. That's true. Should have. Fix it in editing. I, I'll play uh, Tim Buckley's song to the siren. I'm pretty sure we're not recording anymore, but continue. You don't think so? No, no, I'm sure we are. You made me look at it, you trickster. Uh, yeah, so anyway, I highly recommend uh, follow, some follow albums to people or listen on YouTube or whatever. To My favorite uh, album being uh, Slate's. I think it's a great album. If you want more deeper recommendations, by the way, just write us and Dave will give you deeper recommendations. That's like you're true. Like, I like the fall. What should I listen to next? You know, like this. You should listen just to this. Just go sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. That's our email on that. Should listen to this. So Number three. Number three. I got to look it up For here, you folks, and sorry. me. When I you've am... got to pee, you okay. know it's number three. Here's another band but I, please I hold really it. like. All right. Here's another band I really like. Because when I read, first read about them, they were like this mysterious band. They're from Glasgow. Is it Question Mark and the Mysterians? It was not Question Mark and the Mysterians. Because that is a mysterious they band. Are myster- <laughs> you are very mysterious. You're correct. So mysterious. They're Mysterian, actually. But though this band was mysterious because they were, they were producing stuff. And they were like this sort of weird collective. And you kind of knew what they were about. But they didn't do interviews when they first started as a band. They wouldn't do interviews. Mm. So your, your only knowledge of them was through their music and through like articles speculating about them and kind of hinting at what they were and it made it very mysterious uh and later on then they kind of changed their thing and, and I, maybe that was bad i don't know but um but i really it's uh, bell and sebastian and i really i still really love that band i think they're just like the cat's pajamas i'm less of a fan of them now thanks motorcycle mm-hmm. made it sound like i've a heard bad one of their guess. songs a lot which is I don't know. It's a song we've played like about 300. And, uh, oh, that song. That's right. <laughs> the theme song of the show is the Bell and Sebastian song. That's right. Uh, I, I love my car. And um, yeah, I, I think they're just fantastic. And this is a song from from their album. Uh, oh, If You're Feeling Sinister, their second album. Yes, it's a great, great album. Uh, so anyway, so let's play uh, this song, which is uh, Judy and the Dream of Horses. the saddest song You showed it to a boy in school today Judy, where did you go wrong? You used to make me smile when I was down Judy was a teenage rebel 
She did it with a boy when she was young. She gave herself to books and learning. She gave herself to being number one. Judy, I don't know you if you're gonna show me everything. Judy, I don't know you if you're gonna show me everything. Judy got a book at school. She went under the covers with a torch. Fell asleep till it was morning. She dreamt about the girl who stole a horse. Judy never felt so good except when she was sleeping. Judy never felt so good except when she was sleeping. Yeah. Very good. Uh, it's interesting because um, they they kind of came together. They coalesced around uh, Stuart Murdoch. Uh, was he was unemployed and he he went for this course for unemployed kids. Mm-hmm. And it was like a musical course, so you could go in and you could learn about music and how to make an album and things like that. And so he was doing this this unemployment course, and you know they would choose someone's songs and they would then they were gonna they would record like a single you know like for of their music and so he uh he was chosen he wrote some songs and he was chosen and he convinced them that he had you know a bunch of songs he had enough songs and the band was well rehearsed enough that they could record in the time they would record it like a normal band for like a single they could do a whole album oh and so he convinced them that they would record a whole album so that was their first their first album which 
It has a great name, which I can't remember now. <laughs> Sorry, <everyone. laughs> That's all right. Sorry, when I because I'm not getting to sleep these days. Um, but it's called Tiger something. Very good. It has a very good cover. It's a sexy cover. It's oh, really, it's, really, it's a cute and sexy cover. Oh, um, oh, and yeah, it's, ah. it was a fantastic album. Mm. And then <laughs> then they did this this album after after that one. Um, I just love the combination of like like skill. And then kind of like a sh- that sort of shambolic element to it. So you have like, you know, it's like some nice playing and stuff like that and really nice singing. And then you have this slightly out of tune recorder part in the song. Sure. And then it kind of suddenly becomes very professional sounding when the uh, the rest of the band kicks in. A little like a guitar and then you have their trumpet. And, you know, it's it's just, a, yeah, it's really good. And um, actually there's a great uh, documentary about the making of the first two Bell and Sebastian albums. What's it called? That was put together put together by Pitchfork. I can't remember the name of it now. I'll, I'll post right, it on the we'll website. We'll look it up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Pitchfork and documentary yeah, Bell yeah. and Sebastian. All right. Yeah. And it just might be about the making of Tiger thingy and uh, and if you're feeling sinister. But yeah, it's a fantastic uh, uh, documentary. Check it out. I I'll got try to... and link to it unless it's disappeared. I, uh, I've, uh, I'm just going to tangent really briefly because you're talking about like uh, music uh, school and yeah, such yeah. things. Um, I, uh, I barely learned how to play piano when I was a very, very young man. And uh, there was a joke that was on Facebook, and it was uh, a, a menu cover for the Amadeus Cafe. Have you seen this? No. And they just had some music that was underneath, and people were like, oh, did they just grab any music? Oh, that's great. And I was like, oh, I wonder what this was. And I looked at it. And I realized that I could actually, I can't really read music, but I could read this music because I, because I looked at the first note and it was like E and I went like, okay, I can do do, re, mi, mi. All right. So from there, and it went two notes up and then a couple notes over. Sorry. Sorry. If you want to play me off, I understand. (laughs) If you're bored with my story. Anyway, I, I could, I could, I could determine from like, because I knew what E was and I could like go da, da, da. All right, uh, and then and then I was able to figure out what the other notes were, and it was the Flintstones theme. And I went like, "Hey, I'm reading music." It oh, that's neat. cool. It was like also because I'm so familiar with the song. Yeah, like, if yeah. It was a song I didn't know. I probably couldn't do it. Yeah, But yeah. because it was uh, it was that, I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." That I've still got the ability to read a little bit of music. That was that was neat to me. Yeah, that's a good moment. So I'm patting myself on the back. You are uh, noticeably right now. I can see. All right, you. very skillful. And David, number four. Number four. This is a song. Oh, thank God. That is actually, thank God it's a song. That is actually All right. about a horse. And I first heard this song on the uh, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band album, Will the Circle Be Unbroken, which was a three-record set. And so, spoilers, yep. was the circle unbroken? Yes, the circle will be, will be unbroken. The song makes that very clear. No, it says, will the circle be unbroken? Yeah, yeah. But will it's the circle like a be unbroken it's by and by, Lord, by and by. But will it? No. So it won't. The circle will not I thought be you just said it would be unbroken. The circle will not be unbroken. So the circle will not be unbroken. The circle will be... Well, the circle... No, will the circle be unbroken? Yeah, will the circle be unbroken? No, it will not be unbroken. By and by, though? Never. By and by? I don't think so. All right. <laughs> I don't know. Jeez. Put me on the spot on this whole circle thing. I'm just... Dave, I'm just bi-curious will about this whole thing. <laughs> so the idea of that album was uh, the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band were kind of a, a modern country rock act. Okay. And they decided they were going to gather a bunch of luminaries from the world of, of country music and record songs with them and so most of them were like older acts that maybe weren't in the people's attention anymore and they sang with them and they would sing like older songs and nice. stuff like that and it was really kind of fun and so they had uh doc watson the singer uh he was a blind guitar player and he came on and he did a really great a song that i just loved so much at the time and i still think it's a really great song i just think it's and, so sad mm-hmm. like that they when they had all these musicians that were so great in the past that they yeah. blinded them just for publicity <laughs> 
I don't I don't know that story. Isn't that what happened? Is this what happened to Doc Watson? Yeah, and like, you know, you know, Stevie Wonder and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, Stevie Wonder for sure. Ray Charles. Ray Charles once All those game, ones yeah. back then. They just yeah. was, they were just like like, listen, you need a gimmick. You need a and gimmick. like, what's the gimmick? Yeah. You wear a funny hat and like, no. No. We're gonna throw acid in your eyes. Oh. And, they, and they just blinded them. And and the sad thing is it worked. Yeah. yeah. It did blind them. You're right, it did work. Yeah. Well, that's true with Ray Charles. He was not he was not born blind. He was blind. He became blind as later. a publicity stunt. As a publicity stunt, that's true. I've never seen the biography. Yeah, yeah. Ross and Roland Kirk, the uh, the the famous jazz saxophonist, another one. Yeah. Blinded just to, to give, you know publicity. Who's gimmick. the modern guy who said well, not modern guy? Jesus, he's like twenty years done. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Joe, uh, see the light, the guy. Can I see the light? That guy, and he was blind, and he would play the he, guitar. Oh, I know you're talking about Jeff. Jeff. I want to say Jeff, Healy, but that's not Jeff right. Jeff Healy, you're right. Was it Healy? Yeah. All right. I think you're right. Yeah. But because that was the 80s, yeah. they blinded him with science. He had a... He had a... <laughs> oh, man. Dave edited out him uh, <laughs> laughing for two minutes solid. <laughs> but I didn't, edit, I didn't edit out Ian leaning back laughing so hard at his own joke. Again, I'm patting my back so hard that my <laughs> spine is breaking. It's all right. Please continue with an indie gritty dirt fan. Okay. So, but here's the song. I'm gonna play the song. I'm, okay. I'm done with that. I'm done with them now. After this whole circle thing, and then the blind musician, we're gonna listen to this poor Doc Watson who took took the advice of his uh, his agent and never was happy again. Here we go. <laughs> Along about 1825, I left Tennessee very much alive. And I never would have got through the Arkansas mud if I hadn't been a rudin' that Tennessee stud. I had some trouble with my sweetheart's paw, and one of her brothers was a bad outlaw. I sent her a letter by my uncle Foot, then I rode away on the Tennessee stud. The Tennessee stud was long and lean, the color of the sun and his eyes were green. He had the nerve and he had the blood, and there never was a horse like the Tennessee stud. We drifted on down into no man's land, we crossed that river called the Rio Grande. I raced my horse with the Spaniard's foal Till I got me a skin full of silver and gold Me and a gambler, we couldn't agree We got in a fight over Tennessee We jerked our guns and he fell with a thud And I got away on the Tennessee stud The Tennessee stud was long and lean The color of the sun and his eyes were green he had the nerve and he had the blood And there never was a horse like the Tennessee stud Well, I got just as lonesome as a man can be A dreaming of my girl in Tennessee The Tennessee stud's green eyes turned blue Cause he was a dreaming of a sweetheart too we loped right back across Arkansas I whooped her brother and I whooped her paw When I found that girl with the golden hair She was a-riding that Tennessee mare Whoa, boy! The 
Tennessee stud was long and lean The color of the sun and his eyes were green He had the nerve and he had the blood And there never was a horse like the Tennessee stud Up to step and side by side We crossed them mountains and the valleys wide We came to Big Muddy Then we forded a flood On the Tennessee mare and the Tennessee stud There's a pretty little baby on the cabin floor A little horse coat playing around the door I love that girl with the golden hair And the Tennessee stud loves the Tennessee mare There's good horses the Tennessee stud was long and lean, the color of the sun and his eyes were green. And he had the nerve and he had the blood, and there never was a horse like the Tennessee stud. There's so many elements to it, to a couple of other different songs in yeah, that song. Yeah. It's a classic. Okay, here's the thing. I understand there's only so many words you rhyme with stud. Yeah. But I always love when they do the cheat of just like, and it's your <laughs> Uncle Fud, was it? <laughs> All right. Fair enough. And why not Uncle Bud? That seems more yeah. more likely. Uncle than... Fud. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, Elmer. Yeah. Related to Elmer Fudd. Sure. You know. People, yeah, that's fine. You know, It's all fine. No, I liked it, though. That actually, uh, there's a cab driver I get occasionally, and I swear to God, uh, that is almost exactly what they play all the time. They've got a little video screen, <laughs> oh, yeah. and they just like crank it up, and yeah. just, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, exactly that kind of thing. Now, now when, uh, when the crowd is going bananas for him, like I, we were watching a live version, you're yeah, going yeah. a different play version, a different so yeah. uh, I was watching like the crowd go, bah! and then he starts with Tennessee Stud. Now, was that just because they like him, or do you think the audience was very familiar with Tennessee Stud, and it's like, he's doing Tennessee Stud? Yeah, I think both. They knew? I think it's both. He was a very popular country music player, and uh, it's a popular song. Oh, God, what is that? Oh, what is that song? It's so close to... This is compelling podcasting, everyone. Oh, my God, just... Tip of his tongue. Dave, do one of your five minute talks about something and i'll figure it i'll figure it out while you do was it who's your next guy I'll, I'll let's 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 move on to the our next song i'll just have to uh do my usual thing of finding my my little memo of uh oh so so here's a here's a fun a fun song by a, by a band this song really has almost nothing at all to do with horses but it does say horse in the song so it makes my list and uh this is uh the shins they're a band from new mexico mm-hmm. uh they did a a pretty good album called Oh Inverted World, which was all right. And then they did a fantastic album called Shoots Too Narrow, which is like such a great album. It has maybe like one okay song on it, but everything else in it is just like stellar. Is this from that album? And this is from that album, yeah. <gasps> and uh, what was interesting is I really like this band a lot. And then and then there was a, a TV show that I, 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 I love the first season of called America's Next Top Model. I don't know if people have heard of that show. And there was this one character on the show who was like this... She was a she was an atheist, and she was like in the house with all these kind of like, you know, 
most of most of the girls were like some of them were just sort of semi-believers or whatever but there's these two like super like religious girls that like controlled the place mm. and they were and they would like with their religious powers with the religious powers yeah they, and and they uh, but no they were just bitches and so they were just they 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 became like the the alpha girls and they, everyone else had to kind of like what you need for a reality show yeah for sure they made it really compelling and there was this one episode where like hey, were they were they not here to make friends no it was <laughs> this is a competition they would say all the time yeah they're not there just like that friends. this is a competition i've also seen a reality show called i'm here to make friends mm. and the whole point is like that's let's a, try and make some friends that's a canadian reality show yeah <laughs> Why ours aren't quite as compelling as as American ones. That was a, I think that was a John Mahoney joke uh, about like, well, they had like the who wore it better things in magazines, Mm. and the Canadian magazines are, I think they both look nice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. There you go. That's nicer. Um. So so yeah. So on the show, this this girl, I think her her name was Elise, I believe, and uh, there was one episode where one of the girls put some some biblical quote on on the. On, at her place in the table where it's like foolish is the man who does who says there is no god or whatever mm. and she was so offended by this she went into into the confession closet or whatever and did like this long five minute rant and unfortunately like, there were some other people that were in the closet that were uh, mm, around there yeah, yeah. insulting all everyone <laughs> like insulting everyone on the show and like mm. this long like hate not hate but just like frustrations rant well that's not the kind really of thing good. they want on a reality oh show. no no it was not compelling and the producers all. came out and went listen don't say anything you regret mm-hmm. then you can never take back sure sure are you sure you don't want to do over there after I'm you've sure calmed they down said that right away yeah. yeah yeah uh and so yeah it was quite the thing it was a it was a good it was a compelling uh season of that show they never could recapture that uh first season and um but she did she won a she won a prize on the show and uh and the prize was that her boyfriend could come and visit her in this place. Okay. And so her boyfriend came to visit. And it was hilarious. He was the keyboardist for the shins. <laughs> okay. And I thought, well, she's not that unknown if she's, like, dating the keyboardist for the shins. But I'm, I guess she was. It was one of those things where, like, she was studying to become a... You're not necessarily famous if you're dating was, a keyboardist. Yeah, you're right. You're right. She was studying to be a doctor. <laughs> she was studying to be a doctor. And the show just derailed all her all her ambitions. But anyway. Oh. Well, she became a model and made a lot more money, probably. Okay. Um, oh, did she win? She did not win, but she she went quite high in, in in the show, and I think she was like second second or third place, and uh, and she had a she had a mm-hmm. career for a while. I don't know what she's doing now, but anyway, let's play Minds Not a High Horse. All right. Editions. After that confrontation, you left me ring in my cold hands. We shared some information.
Yeah. Well, was, I wanted, that was shinny. It was very, very, very much like the shins. Uh, yeah, it's a great album. And uh, the, uh, well, the, the, the problem was is it was a like, great album. And then the next album was okay. It right. had like one really good song on it. And then the singer, songwriter for the band, kind of took over the band. And then everyone else left the band. Like So none of the original shins were, were remaining. It was just his kind of project for himself. And it's not very interesting. Like what's interesting about a band is that it's a band. And the limitations of that band are what make that band what it is. It's, it's capacities and its limitations. And once you take away that, you kind of take away what's interesting about it. And uh, yeah, they became it. It's not so great, I don't think. But um, but that album, fan fucking tastic. There you go. In my opinion. Now some would say that's five songs. Some would say. And it's time for us to uh, to get going. That's true. So I'm just gonna pack well, up my things. I'm thing, just gonna open up these drawers. One and just thing is putting that's... my unmentionables in this bag and start <laughs> oh. getting ready to go. And uh... I'm glad you brought your underwear to wash. No, 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 Dave. Hmm? These are my unmentionables. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, the, your underwear's fine. Yeah, my underwear's fine. Yeah, yeah. These sorry. are unmentionables. Yeah. That's why I'm not mentioning I them. got you. I got All you. Right. I'm sorry. Well, are you telling me that we've got one more? Yeah. Well, how much is this going to cost us, Dave? <laughs> I budgeted for five songs. How much is this going to cost us? It's going to cost us quite a bit, and I apologize for that. All but, right, fine. But okay, so, so now this song, I'm going to be honest with you, in no way does it mention horses in the song. Well, what are we playing? It's called Counting Horses. Oh, I thought it was going to be so the, it has he horses. sings himself horse. It has, horses. <laughs> it has horses in the title, and Lisa loves this song. And so I couldn't put together a list and leave off Bring on the Dancing Horses, which I don't like that much, mm-hmm. and not put a song that she loves on, on it. Sure. So so I'm we're going to have... I like, I like uh, the other song. But okay, go ahead. I like Bring on the Dancing Horses. Yeah, it's, it's okay. It's not, it's not as good as the earlier stuff. Uh, so, um, so we're going to play... <laughs> Sorry to dismiss it, but, you know, yeah. I just dismissed it. It's, I threw it out the window. How unlike you for this section. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. So, so here's the Counting Horses by uh, Masters of Reality. Now, what I feel bad about this song is, because yep. you've just dismissed Echo and the Bunny Man, mm-hmm. I can't believe what this song has to live up to now. My gosh. Yeah. Well, it's so much pressure you put on this song. Yes. So you're saying this song is way better than that song. That's what you're saying. I All right, I, let's play it. I'm saying good I like, luck. I like good luck, this more. song. I like it Going more. up against Echo and the Bunnymen. Yeah. Good. All right, good luck. Going up against Echo and the Bunnymen's 80s synth, good luck. synth song period. Yep. Well, Incredibly popular on the Pyramid and Pink soundtrack. Huge hit. Okay, here, go. Here we go.
that felt very boyish to me. Yeah, it has a boy sound to it. And it's funny, yeah. their band's called Masters of Reality, so obviously very influenced by Black Sabbath. Mm. So, uh, yeah, apparently Black Sabbath and uh, King Crimson, early King Crimson, was, was an influence for them. But it does have a kind of a Bowie sound as well. Yeah, and a tribute, by the way, to Bowie today with uh, with um, uh, organic material has been found on Mars. So he was right in his song, "Life on Mars." Yeah, he was correct. Wow! For cool. All the scientists that laughed at him when he wrote that song. <laughs> who's, laughing who's, laughing who's laughing now? Who's laughing now? Who's laughing now? Not science? David Bowie. No, but you know what? Maybe he's not he is. Laughing at it. Well, maybe it sounds he like the kind of thing he did. He, he and a gnome are laughing together. Uh, by the way, I yes. figured out the Tennessee stud thing. Okay. okay, okay. Now listen, there's bits in the middle that sound like a different thing. Mm -hmm. But like, there never was a horse like the Tennessee stud. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I owe my soul to the company mm -hmm. store. Oh, that's very common, yeah. 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 So that's, sure. that's, that's what, what was going on mm -hmm. in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. It's a common. It's a so now that we know that it's common, but it's a common, yeah. common kind of folk country it's sound. How yeah. you end the song? Because <laughs> the song goes high, and we tell you about <laughs> this, and here's another thing that you don't want to miss. And there's a girl I want to kiss, but she's my cousin, so that's a miss. And I owe my soul to the company store. The lead guitar player, or lead the lead singer for uh, uh, Masters of Reality, is also a producer. He's produced like Caius and. Um, I think that's how you say the name in Queens of the Stone Age. And oh, nice. He's part of like, the whole Palm Desert I scene. No, I like that song quite a bit. You're, it's, uh, it's good. Uh, uh, you're, I was going to say your wife, uh, but you know what? Her own person. Uh, Lisa, it's a good song. You're absolutely correct. Also, well, so's Echo and the Bunny Man. I'm, I'm the one who in, good. I'm the one who introduced her to it, so I oh, think, wow, I, I, think wow. I deserve ultimate credit. Sure. Let's not give her all the credit. No, Lisa has good taste in music. It's true. Very good. Except for liking all, all, Bring on the Dancing Horses. Oh, my Lord. What are we doing? <laughs> Why can't we just end on the positive? Um, look, if you want Dave to uh, make Because fun here's of the thing. Let me just like. say, let me just tell Send you right now. <laughs> there was a fantastic, oh, here we there go. was a fantastic Echo and the Bunny Man record called Ocean Rain. Do you know that album, Ocean no, Rain? No. It's a beautiful record. Okay. Ocean Rain is a beautiful oh, yeah. song. Jeez. It has the killing moon on it. It's Dave, got you're seven seeds. It's got silver. It's got so many good songs Let on me, the album. Put me down, Dave. What, it's what are you amazing, doing? It's an amazing, amazing album. And then they, <laughs> I can't breathe, Dave. They follow it up. They follow it up uh -huh. with, with that, with Echo and the Bunny. This album's called Echo and the Bunnymen. Okay. They'd obviously run out of ideas. They couldn't even think of like a, a good, great name for Give it. Give the people what they want. It's called Echo and the Bunnymen. It's, it's full of, of 80 sounding songs. And it's just like a garbage sellout album. Oh, my Lord. And look what he's doing. And so the, compared to like with. the brilliance of like oh Porcupine or, or or just you know like they're all okay the one in between um, crocodiles and porcupine is so so heaven up here is so so okay but crocodiles fantastic porcupine fantastic all right ocean rain fantastic Echo and the Bunnymen album very good I have no idea and it broke up the band I only know one of their it songs. it broke up the band I know one of their songs so everything you're saying to me is like. A uh, panda plaza. It, it was insane. <laughs> Hypodermic overload. I mean, that was okay, but it was experimental. You know, <laughs> pie molesters, which is the basis of the American Pie series of movies. I love that song. Yeah, of course you did. That album is great. Yeah, this is the song molesters. Peach Cobbler. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Peach, exactly. I mean, leaving Peach Cobbler. Well, the remix. You're the thinking remix. about the remix. <laughs> I was thinking of the European version. Yeah, that's right. The extended track Peach Cobbler. Yeah, I like the deep pie cuts uh, on those. <laughs> oh, you like a deep dish. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, absolutely. Deep dish pizza pie cut. Um, so yeah, if anyone wants to have Dave uh, tear apart uh, songs that you love, <laughs> send him in one of your that songs not and a theme, all. and every other episode we'll be doing that. And so uh, yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun, and uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a musical I'm a music enthusiast. You are. I have enthusiasms. Woo! Um, before we wrap up, little quick thing just reminded me of. 
when I was, because uh, it's my birthday tomorrow, yep. uh, I'm not saying you should all write me and say happy birthday, but if you want to write me and say happy birthday, you can go to sneakydragon.com. That's our webpage. You can put like happy birthday Ian underneath. You can also go to sneakyd at sneakydragon.com and go happy birthday on there. You can go to our uh, Sneaky Dragon Facebook page. You can go there. You can go like at sneaky underscore dragon on Twitter. Also say hey. Yep. You can go sneakydragon.tumblr. Uh, dot com. Okay. Go, go say hi there. Uh, all those are good places to say a happy birthday to me or comment on the show in any way. Um, when I was turning 19, I was nervous for some reason about turning 19. And so to deal with the stress of turning 19, I wrote a play. Okay. And what I did was I started at, I think, 6 p.m. Okay. And I wrote the play in real time. So all the characters in the play are experiencing time uh, in the way that I am experiencing time. And it was about a person who was nervous about their birthday. Okay. Uh, and then time just kept whipping by for them. And they'd be told, oh, an hour went by. That wasn't an hour because it was just a couple of uh, – and I'm not really – and, I, and I, I've lost the play. But uh, but it was a very fun way of like spending the the, the nervous energy yeah, of, uh, yeah. of of having a birthday, and I like the concept of having a play occur occur in real time to sure. the author's concept of real time. So are you going to do that this year to deal with your nervousness of turning fifty one? Uh, no, I will probably just lie on the couch and go, my arms hurt from digging yesterday. <laughs> no, what I might do is I might actually clean the basement because we've got a, an insurance guy coming by. Oh. Uh, to, has to look at the house for insurance purposes uh, next week. So we're doing a, a bit of a clean about. Sure. And we're also going to be doing. We're going to take away those piles of paper that are just. It's all around. piles of paper. Right by the. Oh, right it, by the. the it, oh, it is. By the furnace. I would laugh like it's a joke if that was uh, if that was a joke. <laughs> But there, but there we go. You're not talking about books, are you? Books aren't piles of paper. Books are lovely. We have so many books. Books are less likely to burn in a fire. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, I, I, I think they burn at what Fahrenheit four fifty one. Is that they, what it is? Paper burns at Fahrenheit four fifty one. But because books on a shelf, they're usually packed together so densely, it's hard for fire to to get in. Though, like the the bindings will burn, but but the inner pages should not. Where burn. was that? Was that was the was the new version of that? Uh, was that on Netflix? Did not see it. Because it feels like it came and it went, so it feels, it feels like, like it came and went so quickly. I didn't even know about it. Yeah, we 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 tried watching it, and it was uh, you know, it was all people that were good actors, but not uh, anything that was watchable. So we stopped watching it. It's no Francois Truffaut film. There you go. Whose music inspired the orchestrations for Eleanor Rigby? Oh my God, we're getting back into music. We gotta get out of here. <laughs> uh, thank you so much uh, for listening. I've been Ian. I've been uh, Mr. Enthusiast. Very good. I'm throwing my unmentionables in the bag, and I'm out. All right, uh, see you next next week. And if you get a chance, listen to Full Marks, a Marx Brothers podcast about Karl Marx.
Everything's fine. All right. Let me know when. Anytime you want to start. Sounds good. Let's do it. <laughs> now.